welcome to the title scene, I mean the Tuesday show, sorry about that. Uh, my name is James Chen and I am of course joined by Mr. Ultra David. You'll probably notice that unfortunately we are missing one member today. Uh, Brandon aka Tuberware of course is uh, not feeling particularly well today unfortunately so uh, you know we hope he gets better soon and we hope he feels a lot better uh, quickly. And we'll get him back here uh, in no time. So there you go. Cool. Yes, indeed. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We got a lot of interesting stuff, especially right up at the front. The Street Fighter V spring update just happened, like, two hours ago. We were there. We streamed it. And we had a lot to say, but we'll have even more to say and also recapping as well. It's very cool. There's other game news to talk about, though. There's stuff for Strive, for KOF, for a couple others. Virtua Fighter, some news even? Wow. We're going to have <laughs> special guest Automatic on here, a.k.a. Jibbo, a.k.a. somebody who I've known for probably 15 years. And we're going to talk a little bit about the old days, but also the current days. A lot of stuff to get to. We have some 5-5 matchup topics that are going to be fun. We have other community news to talk about. Of course, some big tournaments happened, and there's upcoming big tournaments as well. And then we'll get to our mailbag. And yes, we have a Casmer question, and it is better. It, I would say it's better today. <laughs> it made up for the previous uh, Mario Luigi question. Let's just put it that way. So There have been some slacking ones from him, I would say, but this time it was good. Okay. But yeah, let's start by talking about the Street Fighter V spring update. Of uh, course, a couple of months ago, oh, they yeah, did right. the winter I update. Gotta do which this. Did more about Dan, showed us what that character was about, showed us a little bit about Rose was about, gave us a very brief look at Oro during Tengu Stones, like literally a mm -hmm. second, two seconds long, extremely short. And that was it. It was fast. We liked it. It was really to the point. And look, this time's the spring update, much the same, right? It got <laughs> to the point. It was very informative. We'll talk about the information, but just as a general you know, feeling about this, informative, quick, but not too quick, and also while at the same time showing a lot of personality for the people who are on the show yeah. and, and like, letting them kind of be cute and funny while still, like, advancing the information that they're talking about yeah. and actually showed off even more than last time. Last time they showed, like I said, brief little bit for Oro. This time they showed more of the third character, who, again, we'll, we'll talk about in just a bit. Yeah, I mean, overall, the impressions, I know we were kind of gushing and talking about how much we enjoyed the, the the winter update. I feel like they just kept going with it here in the spring update. More of the same. Let's just get right to the information. Show us what we want to see. Give us that sample battle as well where they hide in a bunch of little things like, look, this crush countered. Look, that crush countered, you know. Oh, here's you get to see their V-reversal. And then they end it with the super so that you could right. actually, you know, V-shift, Rose's fire. Like, and then they gave us more. Like, I was even saying, like, if they would even show a glimpse of Akira like they did for Oro in the winter update, I'd be happy. But they gave us a lot more. As you said, we'll get into yeah. that. But just overall, I just, I love what Capcom is doing right now. I really feel like they're hitting it out of the park. And, you know, we just live streamed it. And one of the things I said is the way that we've been seeing this game progress right now, especially with how interesting Rose and Oro are turning out, like, my confidence... 
like of like you know what I could expect out of Street Fighter Six if Capcom made their own Darkstalkers coming up soon. Like I feel like I would have more confidence in a lot of the things that they would you know produce in terms of fighting games and. Man, I'm I'm so excited for this this I'm excited for Rose. How did yeah, this happen? Yeah. yeah. No, it is it's a combination of the game being good and the characters coming out being really interestingly designed and funky. And also it's this communications. It's it's how mm -hmm. great of a job that they've done of actually communicating with us and the way that they've been doing it. Just something, something. Uh, it's a, around the summertime <laughs> of 2020, I think, is when I would say <laughs> I noticed this significant change. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what could have happened, but anyway, something seems to have happened, and now they are very communicative and just doing a fantastic job. So right. good job to everybody who is involved in that on the communication yeah. side. You guys are doing doing great. Let's talk about the info, though. Let's talk about the uh, stuff that there is to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Something changed. But... Oh, man. I know a lot of people out there are tired of us hearing us do this, but look. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? <laughs> All right. So they showed off. First and foremost, I mean, Rose is the character that's coming out, but that's not who they showed First, they actually showed us Oro first. And again, I've talked about it before. People know I'm not a big as big of a fan of some of the, like half of the cast of Street Fighter 3 I love, half of the cast I don't. Oro is definitely on the side of the I don't love the character design and everything and like yeah. it just doesn't interest me or whatever. But uh, my god, like did they make him look super cool in this game and like super interesting and like him trying to take care of this turtle that he's carrying the whole time so instead of fighting with one arm tied behind his back he's actually fighting by carrying a turtle the entire time to force himself to fight one-handed and to maintain balance and to be able to protect the turtle it is amazing the turtle is adorable and my god, I just like I can't believe I look I'm looking at Oro and I I'm actually finding reasons to really like the character. <laughs> well, I'm coming at this from the opposite side as you know of somebody who really loved Third Strike and it's I really loved its funky characters. Q was my favorite. Mm -hmm. You know I love 12. I like a lot of the characters. I like Remy. Sorry, I think you Remy's like, cool. You okay, that I didn't know. I knew you liked all the other ones, but Remy I think we're getting think into the realm cool. of unacceptable heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Necro's cool, and I think Oro's cool. I've always thought Oro's cool, and I'm really happy to see him back. And although they did change some aspects of the character graphically, you know, there's a little, there's a little bit that is left to the imagination that was not in <laughs> Third Strike, for example. Other than that, he looks so good and and just like how i wanted to it's you know it's really nice especially over these last what three or four years now that street fighter 5 has been coming up with good characters and stuff doing a good job on the game that when they add new characters from old games that i care about it's great it's still a bummer that alex looks like how he does you know he's so cool in third strike in terms of how he looks and in sf5 he just doesn't right. And and bummer, they're never going to fix that. He's a good character now, but like that side of it is just not going to be different. Right. But for Oro, he looks great. He's just as jaundiced and gross 
mm. and and sneezy and sick and you know as he was in third strike just as old and i guess what is that, that game takes place later but like he's 130 the span of time doesn't actually matter at that point right, right? So, <laughs> tiny percentage of his life between the two games i mean look so he's, he's, he's super gross I, lo I love that it's exactly what i wanted to see from the character and at the same time there's a lot of new stuff Right. That is to say, like, some of his moves look different, but there's the flourishes at the end, and those all look great. You were talking about the turtle, but even even aside from him tossing the turtle around and catching it and stuff, his his flourishes look really good. The secondary costume that they showed, where it's like <laughs> retirement home Oro, was awesome. That one was so great. Oh. So, I, just from a graphical perspective, I'm really, really happy with how the character looks yeah and oh man those flourishes that they gave him like there was the one where after he does like looks like towards medium punch he like he looks at his turtle and he's like 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 gesturing to the turtle or he had certain moves where he does it and he like looks at the turtle make sure the turtle's okay but i am you don't have, like people who watch the earlier stream i am i need to know the answers to these questions like he does these moves and then he'll toss the turtle up into the sky that one you see him reach out and the turtle falls into his hand afterwards and everything what happens if he tosses the turtle up in the air and then you hit him or you throw him or you sweep him does the turtle just snap into his hand while he's lying on the ground did they give him like special animation to always move his arm in the position to grab the turtle i must know these are very important details that i need answers to <laughs> well, you know my theory because i brought it up when we were streaming earlier my theory is that it's actually Eddie who's controlling the Oro, and <laughs> it's a Zato Eddie situation. <laughs> the, the Oro's actually been dead for a long time, right. and so, in fact, the little turtle is the one who's controlling things. And when it comes to Third Strike, where there's no more turtle, maybe the turtle learned the ability to control Oro from afar, can just do remote control at that point. Right. That's what I'm gonna go with right there. So, in conclusion, the turtle doesn't actually need to be with Oro immediately, and the turtle, if it gets launched up, it'll be fine. It'll just yeah. fly right back to Oro because it has that ability. Because actually, you know, if you actually take the third strike screens and rotate it around, you'll actually see the turtle is always in the foreground. You know, we just can't see him because of the camera angle in Third Strike, but he's there every time Oro is on screen, and the turtle is spending the whole time doing this. And controlling, <laughs> yeah. and controlling Oro the whole entire time, so there you go. <laughs> he just could be in the Oro bag. Maybe he's in Oro's bag that Oro <laughs> drops from at the beginning of the fight. Maybe he's just hanging out up there. Anyway, I love this whole conceit of having a turtle. It's it's just a, it's a hilarious character thing, but it also does a great job of continuing the lore that Oro fights one-handed because he's right. so powerful. So yeah. it, great, I mean, great job. He looks so cool. God, they such a smart way to handle that in the 3d world you know and and even after he does the throw i'm sure that's part of the animation because the throw switches sides but then he like takes the turtle in his hand and moves it to the other hand and now he can turn around and stuff it's like the whole thing is just it's just genius and you know it's interesting because he seems pretty intact they gave him one new special move. I, I'm largely suspecting he's a charge character because, uh, you know, some of the footage that we saw looked like he was crouching there beforehand, etc., etc. But um, they also gave him this new special move, kick, which I bet you isn't a charge move. And in fact, in the in the videos, 
uh, you could definitely see he walks up and does it. So I think they just gave him that just so he has a non-charge comboable attack. But uh, overall, he looks pretty intact from Third Strike. Like, like we'll get into Rose in a second, but Rose is like, here's Rose of old and here's Rose. But Oro still yeah. seemed like Oro was pretty uh, intact. I think that's right. Yeah, of course, he was a charge character in Third Strike. So even before today, I think that was the expectation. And I agree with you. That's that is how he looks. He it's it's just hard I think to say what his playstyle is going to be because in third strike he didn't really have like an archetype you I don't mm. I, how would you describe third strike Oro he he wasn't a zoner but he could zone he yeah. wasn't a pressure character but he had pressure he wasn't a great footsies character but he had footsies buttons like he's just a really super weird character and that's part of why I thought he was so cool yeah, he, but he, when we, when you're like asking how he's gonna fight in this game. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it almost kind of felt guilty gearish the way he was in Third Strike. Do your things until you get the hit, and now you should be able to murder the opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get your unblockable series going, or get yep. your Tengu stones into wild chip damage, or just juggle, or 100% stun combos, why not? Right. So he's, he's going to be different, I'm, I'm sure, but I, he's not coming into this as a character who has an obvious archetype. Right. Right. So... I'm not. I'm not sure how they're going to make him play. And in watching his moves, the ones that they showed, I feel like I actually came away with that. A thinking he's super sick, and B thinking a lot of his moves looked similarish. But C still not really knowing like how right. he's going to end up playing this time, which is not bad. I'm actually. I think that's cool because it seems like they gave him enough buttons, enough enough mix-up tools, enough options that he could play multiple different ways, which is right. great, right? I mean, that's, in in I like particular, that's everybody wants. Yeah, in particular, I think the double jump is going to mm. be a big deal. Now, as you had pointed out, we had never seen in the video jump forward, neutral jump, jump backwards, neutral. We only saw jump forward, jump forward, double jump, jump neutral, jump neutral, double jump. You know, jump backwards, jump backwards, double jump. So we're not sure yet if he can control the multiple directions. Um, they might limit that because, you know, obviously you've seen in Street Fighter V already, they've limited a lot of stuff like, oh, Akuma can't jump back and throw air fireball kind of thing, you know. So I'll be really curious to see uh, if they limited that. I mean, I kind of hope not. I think the jump yeah. animation looked long enough that it seemed like even if you whiffed a normal move anti-air, you m might even still be able to pull off an uppercut in time or something like that. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, they give him that. And him being a crazy mobility character would remind me of, like, uh, for example, uh, Yashamaru, Yashimaru in... Uh, Samurai Showdown being one of the only characters with a double jump really changing, you know, how he fit into the game and it was such a powerful thing to have. So maybe that will kind of be Oro's style. He can actually be more airborne and use his little uh, mini Yagyodama V skill to get in on people and such. And it's so cool that that is one of his V skills. I think that looks really fun. That was one of his supers in Third Strike. And I thought that might have been a V trigger seemed reasonable to me but mm -hmm. it's Vizco instead and and that's cool so it's going to allow him to approach or zone i don't know it's a Vizco so you can charge during it right so if he has presumably invincibility on ex uppercut you know you could still you could both have both the are you zoning side and also <laughs> ready with your yeah. invulnerable anti-air maybe but also yeah it's slow enough that you could use it to approach 
so again, like I feel like they're giving him quite a few different tools. And as the player, you can then be like, well, I'm going to use these to get in, or I'm going to use these to zone, or like whatever, whatever in between. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for that side of it. He's got some new looking stuff, but also again, lots of lots of similar stuff from before. So I'm I'm super excited. He is really like what I want him to be. Like it's, they just I'm. As you can tell, very effusively happy with how he <laughs> looks in this game. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've never really been enamored with the character, but I'm actually super excited to see him. And like I said, I the the animations, the model, the way that he looks, I think they replicated him from Third Strike about as best as you could, you know? Like, some of those characters that have gone from Third Strike 3D style, you know, with backwards legs and french fries for hairs and, and hair for st stuff like that, like, you know, it's like, this didn't really come out quite right, but Oro, I feel like they did a fantastic job with him. I'm, I'm excited. 100%. Let's talk about Rose, who's the character who's actually coming out soon. She's coming out April 19th, so yeah. just under a couple of weeks from now. And they, of course, showed a lot of her. They showed a match between two roses, a, a mirror match. Um, she looks so interesting and and experimental almost, especially in a Street Fighter context. And in many ways, quite different, I think, than she did in Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter Four, she she did have she had some tech certainly, like she wasn't right. devoid of tech, but. She also was like primarily kind of like mid-rangey to here's my like one pressure button and then I back off. Whereas in this one, she has a teleport and an extra projectile. That's her V skill that does all sorts of things to the opponent's character. And she's got Street Fighter Cross Tekken Jin's fireball that she can just set out. Right. And she doesn't have the anti-air leap, but she's got an anti-air like, grab instead. And she has V trigger too is her alpha super the shadows one and the other one yeah that, that's the teleport and she just has so many weird very un unlike her previous iterations things and i'm happy about that because i never thought she was interesting but in this game now i think that she's going to be cool i just hope i mean look i hope it's the case that rose players still think that she's cool i don't want it to be that characters are made for me guy who likes weird stuff in fighting games exclusively there should be some people who are catered to who who like the style that she was before that's fine so i hope that they're not upset but right. personally i'm very happy look when rose was first introduced in alpha like i just thought she was one of the most boring characters ever right like i have a fireball i have a soul spiral where i slide forward and attack i don't even remember if she had the soul spiral in street fighter alpha one uh, she she did she did but then, like, that's how boring she is. And then she had an uppercut. She was a fireball uppercut, and now I have a forward-moving attack. Like, like, you could not have created... I mean, it was why I was so disappointed in Poison in Street Fighter Four. Similar kind of thing. I've got a fireball, an uppercut, and, and I was just like, what? what is this? You know, and... You know, the only interesting thing about it was her fireball pushed to a screen away, had that weird pushback effect and all this stuff. But overall, I just thought she was really uninspired as a character. And I feel like this character that they've put in the Street Fighter V is so fascinating. It's like, it's, it's less like, oh, let's just add tools to this archetype we already had. No, let's actually craft this very interesting idea of a character so much to the point where her teleport V-trigger, they showed her V-trigger 1 allows her to teleport, 
only teleports backwards or behind the opponent. So yeah, she's not going to be like some crazy 50-50 teleport, guess which side I'm on kind of thing. Like she can only go behind you and stuff. And like, I think that's really fascinating that they, you know, now it's a get in tool if she has the soul satellite, which is her V skill one or no V skill two. Right. That's V skill. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's just like the whole thing. It just feels like they're crafting this really intelligent package of a character and you know not to not to use the phrase again but it feels very guilty gear esque again like when they design the character they're very aware of what they want the character to be able to do while still giving you a lot of space to come up with your own stuff and that's what rose feels like to me and again kind of same for oro like yeah. with rose i can't believe i'm excited for this character <laughs> Uh, 100%. We talked about this as we were streaming earlier as well, but if you had gone back in time and told us that we would be so excited for characters including Rose, me Oro, yes, but you not Oro, uh, Seth. Gil, Seth, yeah, we would have been like, what are you talking about? We, I don't want Seth back in this game. Seth, it's Seth from Street Fighter right. for me. That character never come back. But sure enough, they've made all of them very unique and interesting and different than before while still being really cool and retaining important parts of the character yeah. from before. So I'm, I'm really happy. When it comes to Rose, I'm, I'm all, again, not really sure how I think she's going to play. I've seen, and I think you did refer to her as a zoner during the stream, and I've right. seen some other people refer to her that way. I'm not convinced. Maybe. And maybe that's matchup specific. Or maybe it's it's V skill specific or something like that. But I could also just see her being like a real pressure focus kind of character where she's she's putting on soul spiral V skill, uh, not soul satellite V skill, and approaching with that and using that to get in and being really focused in V trigger at moving forward or teleporting in to create offense or using the shadows to create offense or to capitalize into some big damage. I, I could totally see that. And and using the Jin fireball not to zone, right. but to create pressure instead. But again, also, maybe to zone. I, I just, yeah. I, I feel like I am really unsure about how I think that's going to play. And yeah. that is part of why I'm excited. She doesn't seem like she's clearly one way or the other. It again seems like a kind of situation where as the player, you can choose to play what you prefer to play. You could express yourself with this character, which is yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, like, the only reason why I thought maybe a zoner because they gave her a floaty jump and she does have an air fireball, which are typically kind of zony kind of things. But I don't this, know, man. This what is... about Akuma? Akuma's not. You wouldn't say he's a zoner, right? Right, right. And I was just about to say, but the thing is, with the way Street Fighter Five has gone, though, like Dalsim doesn't even zone all the time. Like Dalsim is a rushdown character at times. He can go in too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is one of the things I love about him. Mm -hmm. It's true that. She so she has the V skill where she has the tarot card, which recovers fast. Maybe that is going to help to zone. And so maybe, like I said, maybe it's a V skill choice. If you want V skill two, you use that to move in. V skill right. one, you use that to zone. Could be. Could be. I, I really. It's come to me, to my mind, quite up in the air, which is exciting. But again, I mean, we've seen this. Uh, I mean, pretty consistently since probably what season four. You know, obviously Honda. Poison and Lucia all came out really, really interesting. Although, to be honest with you, it really started kind of with Seth and Gil, where I feel like they really started trying a lot harder to make the V skill and the V triggers a little more balanced and such. I mean, Dan came out really interesting in that way. 
And one of the things that I'm excited about is it seems like the V-Skill V-Trigger combinations can be really interesting with both of the characters, with Oro and Rose, mm. and really create some interesting ideas. Like, yeah, obviously So Sparrow looks like it's great for the teleport V-Trigger, but it could also be really good for the mirror image one, right? I mean, we don't know. Right. There's like so many different possible ways to think about it. And again, a game that inspires you to think about that I think is really cool. So again, like I said, Street Fighter V... I feel like has been doing it right for quite some time now. So, I mean, we we didn't care about Dan being in the game. And after we watched the trailer, we're like, Dan looks so cool. You know, it's like, oh, Yeah, man. even me as a, somebody who mained Dan in Street Fighter Four, I didn't think that he was necessary to come back. I didn't have any expectation or need for that to happen. And yet I'm super happy that he's in the game. <laughs> I'm happy that Rose is in the game. I just think that yeah. she's, she's very interesting looking. And then... The final character that they showed off is one character that you are super excited for. Yeah, I'm excited, uh, not necessarily for Akira herself. I don't really have any sort of ties to the character, but mm. the franchise, Rival Schools, the f I, I played a lot of the first game, so I'll, I'll put this as a caveat. I played a lot of the first game, second game not so much, because the first game was at UCLA when I was there, and I played it a bunch. Uh, very rarely versus people very pl rarely played that game versus for some reason so it was just a lot of me beating up on computers and stuff but as a result I just have this nostalgia with the game and you know it was a game that I really liked I've thought about a lot I I have probably put in way more time than reasonable and how I would make a modern rival schools game because uh, one that would that's probably not happening and two i'm not gonna be making it <laughs> yeah, yeah but like i've thought about it so much and so like i i'm just at a point right now where you know i i've i i'm so happy that capcom has acknowledged it again brought in one of the characters from the franchise again and then all I said was like, I just want to see her do an air combo. I just want to see her do an air combo. And they saved that for the very last part of that trailer clip. And as soon as I saw it, I got so hyped <laughs> because they put it in there. I mean, when CVS 2 came out, I tried to main Kyosuke. It's just that he, ah. he was bad. <laughs> he he was, definitely sucks. He was not a good character. So I definitely tried to play Kyosuke. And so, you know, the fact that they, it looks like that they brought back a lot of stuff for Akira. Like all of her moves are from the original game. Like that little like lunging, punchy, palmy strike kind of thing. You know, a lot of the stuff they gave her was from the game. And then, of course, at the very, very end, they teased uh, Daigo, which is... Uh, Plot-wise, that's her older brother. In the first game, she showed up. You didn't even know she was a girl until you beat the game with her, and then it revealed she was a girl because she wore the bike helmet the entire time you're fighting. And then eventually, after that, a helmetless Akira got unlocked as a character that you could pick. And uh, cool. she was there investigating what happened to her older brother, Daigo. And then in the second game, she was teamed up with her brother, Daigo, and Daigo showing up at the very, very end, doing some crazy, divey, smashy thing and blowing up Dan, and then walking away with her going, thanks, bro, you know, yeah. <laughs> was uh, amazing. And again, you know, we've often talked about, like, how much we love when guest characters are handled well, how Omaru and Soul Calibur, you know, geese in Tekken and such, and... In a way, Akira feels that way, and the way it feels like that they're bringing in 
so much of the rival schools-ness, I think, is really well done. I mean, chef's kiss kind of thing, so... Somebody who doesn't have any familiarity with that game, I'm not coming into this expecting or needing to see anything, really. I just I just don't have the, the kind of knowledge about it. But I am really happy to see that you think that that is there, because you're mm -hmm. totally right. Like, we have definitely talked about how we think guest characters, when done well, are really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So... It's awesome that they're doing it right. I think that's that's really great. <laughs> and as far as the other stuff that they showed off, things that stand out in my mind are that it seemed like she has good-looking animations. I like a lot of the animations. Her face actually looks different to me than like every other face in this game. And I feel like too many of the, especially women characters, are you just interchangeable. You you don't know <laughs> yeah. who they are until they start like they're doing that little neutral dance uh -huh. or whatever it is, right? In in the game. Whereas her, I think she actually looks unique, which is which is cool. And then her moves look interesting. She's got some big corner carry options in there. Looks like she got some mix-up options in there. The brother coming in for what I assume is like a big V-trigger call. Yeah. Right? It's probably like a couple stocks of the V-trigger guy coming down or something like that. Or maybe it's just one, like it's Mika's V-trigger or something, right? Where her, her friend comes to play. Mm -hmm. I can see that. So I don't really have the background with her, but I still think that she looks really cool and she yeah. might be interesting. Even the motorcycle was nicely rendered. <laughs> but, I mean, one little funny piece of lore here is that uh, this game came out around the same time that Street Fighter 3 was released as well. Because I always remember people going, wow, they put Daigo in one game and Alex in another game. <laughs> you know? So people were like, oh, are they paying homages to the to the, the best players, you know, in the world and stuff? Oh, Alex, oh interesting. Alex Vai and a, and a Daigo, you know, Umahara. Do you think that could be real? I don't know. <laughs> probably, I've, never, I've never heard that theory before. That's very I, Probably not. It's probably just a crazy coincidence, but it was funny. It was funny at the time that we used to think about that, so... That's awesome. I've never heard that before. But that's very cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that that's absolutely right in my own head, Yeah. Uh, so we don't, have, we don't have a date for her. We don't have a date for Oro. But again, April 19th is when Rose will come mm. out. I was hoping we wouldn't see, and I'm glad to see that they didn't talk about any game balance changes. I just don't think that the game needs that. You know, later on in this thing, as you can see, we're gonna have automatic. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. about SF5 and kind of where it is right now. Uh, but I don't think it really needs any specific changes at the moment. So. Uh, well, maybe Dan doesn't need an infinite, but whatever. Like, not, nothing that's <laughs> nothing that's major. Or maybe he does. I don't know, depending on how you think about it. So, anyway, I'm, I'm glad about that. There's also, don't forget, the super sick collaboration between your boy, Zed, your favorite, and Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean, I know Zed... you're very I'd excited like, for. You're waiting for the drop. Zed, I definitely... You know, he helped me do a lot of the Street Fighter, uh, the Evo intros back in the day. You know, he was very integral in the fighting game community. Uh, Red Rapper, obviously doing a lot of really cool things. He was even on the DS commercial. Um, oh, wait, this is a different Zed we're talking about, right? Well, 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 <laughs> well, well. Look, I, I don't mean to rip on it too badly. I think it's cool that Street Fighter has collaborations with popular artists. Zed this time, Steve Aoki last time. I'm all for that, even if they're not, even if I'm not, like, particularly up on the times. Mm -hmm. But I think that's great. And clearly there's somebody at Capcom who just happens to be a real, like, whoever's in licensing 
is really big into electronic music. They just yeah. they sought yeah. out Steve Aoki, they sought out Zed. They're just getting their own personal favorites, right? <laughs> I mean, which would be sick. I mean, that's uh, look. I don't know that I would be able to say I wouldn't do the same if I had that position. Just reach out <laughs> to all my favorite artists and be like, hey, do you want to be part of this thing that I'm on? That sounds I mean, cool. You used to be a big EDM fan, right? So to the extent that I still listen to music, it's basically trance from before 2003, I would say. Okay, okay. Uh, and and maybe not just trance, but like electronic music in general um, from before that time. And blues. <laughs> Those are my... <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not opposed to music or anything like that. Right. I just tend to listen to other stuff. Right. Uh, podcasts, for example. So, yeah, anyway, I think it's cool. It's not stuff that I'm super interested in myself, but I hope everybody who is enjoys it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, again, you know, the awareness that it might build up from other communities. And again, one of the biggest things about it, though, is that all these artists who are collaborating with it, you know, they're genuine Street Fighter fans. And it's, again, you know, I talk about this, you know, for someone who was so cognizant and, 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 and engrossed in it, when the Street Fighter 2 boom really took a hold of every of the of the world, you know, it's just it's just such a strong indication of how powerful the brand of Street Fighter is. You know, you hear people all the time like, I only became an artist so I could draw Street Fighter characters. I, you know, do, like I everybody knows Street Fighter. And so it's really cool to see these people do these collaborations because a lot of the people they'll reach will probably have very similar kinds of feelings for Street Fighter. The whole, what, there's a five? I never knew they made right, it past yeah. two, you know, like, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it brings the awareness in there. And, you know, I've obviously been having a lot of conversations on Twitter recently about how to try to grow the awareness and the, the audience for fighting game communities. It's something I always think about. And so, you know, while we can joke about it because, you know, you and I, we, we're not hip enough to know who Zed is. To me, it's still an important kind of thing to have these kind of collaborations to bring the awareness and, uh, you know, get people to be aware that this is a thing. My favorite musical acts from that time are Scott Brown and Roller Girl. Let's move on to the next one. We're going to be talking <laughs> about other game news, some other stuff to discuss. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of your past, I'll wait till next week to read, because I, I promised... That I would read the uh, fan fiction, the the uh, Avatar fan fiction on stream, unironically, and so we'll wait till next week when Tubaware is back again. If you okay. guys just tuned in, unfortunately, Tubaware is ill, not feeling well right now. We do wish him a speedy recovery. By the way, I'm not gonna get into it because I'll start getting really angry. But U.S. healthcare sucks. But um, hopefully, we hope Tubo a speedy recovery. Of course. Okie doke, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Oh, by the way, before we move on to the next one, that damn theme remix at the end was sick. That was awesome. That was actually great. <laughs> it was so good, dude. It was so good. Oh, man, I was bopping along to that thing, dude. Okay. Yeah, I haven't bopped that hard since the last time I was listening to Roller Girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was what, like two days ago, maybe, or something? You know, yeah, it was uh, Monday or Sunday or something. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next video. Let's talk about some of the game news. 
man. All right. For example, in Guilty Gear Strive, they had another developer's backyard. I really like these write-ups that they do, and they have streams surrounding it as well. Wow, in the meantime, thank you very much to Wild Monk SFV for the five gifted subs. High five. Total of 55 gifted subs in the chat. Thank you Damn. very much. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Woo! So the... No, that was for bits, right? That was, that was for bits. That was for bits, <laughs> right, yeah. Developers Backyard. They talked about some stuff. Here's some of what they talked about. They talked about the most popular characters in Strive. And I don't know that there was a big surprise on this front, but which character did you use the most during the open beta? Japan, Ramlethal. Asia, Seoul. North America, Ramlethal. South America, Giovanna. Europe, Ramlethal. Oceania, Ramlethal. Like they <laughs> which character did you like the most? Japan, Ramlethal. Asia, Ramlethal. North America, Ramlethal. South America, Ramlethal. Europe, Ramlethal. Oceania, Ramlethal. Dude, so I... <laughs> maybe a trend there of some kind. I had no idea Ramlethal was this popular. <laughs> Me neither. And you know, I mean, I think a lot of it probably comes from the fact that everybody wanted a player in Exert. But she was such a weird character that nobody did, like me. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Nope. Uh, definitely not the reason. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely unrelated to gameplay. <laughs> it's because she's she she has a cute dog that she doesn't know that's real or not, right? So that's... that's Is that's, that actually a story? Yeah, that's part of the, the story. Look, Because the thing is, she has no emotions. Sin tries to bring out emotions, make her laugh, smile, so he gets her a little puppy dog. And, you know, she starts to form a bond with the puppy dog, but then she starts getting all existential, like, is the puppy even real and stuff? Which, one of my favorite things I ever did, because you remember uh, Marie and Callie from uh, Splatoon, how they had, like, the little, uh, the little, uh, the, the splat fests. Like, I actually made a parody of the Splatfest using Elfelt and Ramlethal because it, like, matches the personalities perfectly. And, like, oh, yeah. I was super that. happy with my, uh, with my, <laughs> it's one of my favorite tweets I've ever made. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very specific. But nice work. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's just the jury fans who are. I mean, like, that's. Yeah, the, uh, the, the Guilty Gear version of jury fans. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, uh. Right away, Rick the Hadou joked. He was like, I guess I need to make sure for my next combo breaker merch, I have to put Ramlethal on there. And I responded with, yeah, that would be quite the feat. So there you go. Whoa. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be selling Ramlethal brand shoes, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but, she yeah. seems like a popular character. I mean, I want, you to know, I want you to note that... In that whole entire list of most played character, Potemkin was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. He wasn't top five in any of those regions. And exactly. And if he was really as broken and top tier as everyone says he was, everybody would be using him all over the place. So clearly, by not being used, he was awful, awful. Worst character in that beta and so all of my victories were completely self-earned victories with potential. When you beat Fenrich, it was absolutely deserved. It was ab <laughs> absolutely deserved by Potemkin. Anyway, buff Potemkin. Exactly. So that we exactly. can see some honest footsies of masterclass and waiting for the correct moment. 
Good old boy Potemkin. He was number five in which character do you like the most in Oceania, but that's the only time he appeared on either of these lists. <laughs> Poor Potemkin. Anyway, I think that's really cool. And then they talked about which modes you know you liked, which ones you didn't Hang like. On. We all took. It. They can't be ashamed that they played a broken character if that many people were playing Ramlethal. Okay, just saying. <laughs> she was hella good in that beta. She was hella good in that beta. <laughs> so as far as the various game modes, you remember in the little uh, poll that they had after the game, after the, the beta, one of the things to ask you was, do you like these various modes? Very good, mm -hmm. good, average, bad, or very bad. And versus mode got, of course, very high marks because... That's great. Training mode got high marks. Yes, training mode was ridiculous in that game. The network online lobby had more than 50% bad or very bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Bummer. Even though it was so great online. It's just that lobby was mm -hmm. not good. Everybody knew that. So they talked about it. They gave a lot of feedback on you know their views on it and how they, they checked the result data and the replays and they kind of watched how it went and they got all this feedback and stuff. So they talked about plans that they have to fix things mm -hmm. um, so you know some specific stuff like after winning a match player stays where they are in a battle ready state unless their rating changes adding a rematch option for the specifically yeah. uh, online mode um, expanding the area in each lobby adding an option to hide the news display adding dash movement for avatars so you don't have to like slowly walk everywhere so they're trying to make some changes hopefully that results in it not being garbage mm -hmm. i guess Look, we'll see i'm I know it's a very unpopular opinion. I obviously I don't like the lobby system. The lobby system is flawed, has a lot of problems, but I like the lobby system. Like I like what they're trying to do with it. One of the things that I've always said is that I feel like the online environment is just not conducive to making you feel comfortable and wanting to stay and stuff by making people seem more like there's an avatar on the screen to recognize and, and, and you know, oh, there's that guy that I fought a while ago. Maybe I want to get my revenge on him, et cetera, et cetera. You know, building this kind of feeling to it, I think is the right direction. It's just really poorly implemented. So again, I like the concept. So I'm glad they're keeping it and I'm glad they're trying to, to work with it. I'm sure there are plenty of ways to bypass it and just do menu-only lobbies and stuff, but I think in the long run, I think this will actually be beneficial if they can make it work. If they can make it work, and I'd rather see them try. Honestly, because like the thing that I'm tired of right now is that we're so stagnant in what we're trying to do with the online games. And you know, this was part of the conversation I've been having on Twitter recently. I'm tired of fighting games not being popular. I'm tired of talking to everybody saying, I hate playing fighting games because this is just not fun and it's miserable and stuff. And so like, if they can figure out a way to try to add more personality to it, if they can figure out a way to make it feel more personable and, and you know, like that, like I, I, I'm, I'm for it. Let's. Let them have that shot as long as they still have the menu version available. That's how I feel about it, so. Well, we'll see if they and, do a better job. And I'm gonna say that, I'm gonna say this. Uh, I think it is broken. So the question is, why the hell fix things that aren't broken? I think the current ranking matchup system is extremely broken. I, th I, think, it's, I think it's terrible. 
And I've been saying that for a while. So I want to see people try to do something different. I, I really do. I, I'm tired of how the online works in fighting games right now. I just, I think it's absolutely broken and it's absolutely contributing to why fighting games are not as popular. So. Everybody rated the visuals high. Of obviously. course. We all knew that that was gonna happen because it's beautiful. There's actually one sliver at the end of this chart for somebody who voted very bad on the visuals. And you know, if you if you've, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter how good a thing is going to be. There's always going to be that contrarian who pops in there and has to give a thumbs up. It's just there's it, that's how it is, unfortunately. But in the real world, this is actually one of the most beautiful fighting games of all time. And uh, you know, positive marks all over the place. One fifty percent, very good for everything, which I think is basically accurate, which is cool. I, I, but they nevertheless had some feedback specifically. I believe that that person misclicked and didn't realize it or read the question wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I feel like if you don't like this art style, say that this is not your art style, you can still be like, yeah, that art style, it's not the one that I favor, but like, super sick job at that art style. Fantastic job at that art style, right? <laughs> anyway, somebody disagrees with that statement. Uh, they gave a lot of feedback about things like people saying the damage too high, which is too high, and they were basically like, yeah, we're going to adjust that. And then Roman cancels aren't interesting, but I felt Actually, limited by... The funniest thing is they're like, yeah, the damage is too high. We'll see if we can adjust that, but we're not going to adjust that. Because <laughs> like, they're like, that's kind of the intention <laughs> of the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it says, in general, however, the damage will remain high, as that is yeah. part of GGST's design. Mm -hmm. And again, that I'm fine with. And if it just turns out, yeah. and again, we want to start with two out of three at all the tournaments first to make sure because we never know. But if the matches do end up being fast, let's change it to three out of five rounds then. And I, it's I, all, it's all good. I'm cool with that. Three out of five and high damage. I'm cool with that. I'm not, I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah. Jumping is too strong. Okay, we determined that this needed improvement. I have made significant changes, so anti-air is going to be a little bit better. Good. Get rid of the infinites. So they had specific feedback to some of these, but in general, I think a lot of us thought it was cool. Everybody liked the actual rollback netcode, of course. And at the end of this thing, they say, we are planning a second open beta test based on the player's feedback. The timing has yet to be determined. So we don't know when that's gonna happen, but it will happen at some point, which is great. Yay, there's gonna be a second beta before the game comes out. Of course, it was delayed until June. Originally, it was supposed to come out like almost now, I think, like early April or mid-April, very soon. Obviously, that's <laughs> not happening. It's going to be a while, but we will get another beta test before the full final thing comes yeah. out. I mean, I'm happy about that to play my nerf Potemkin. <laughs> Your nerf? Yeah, you think they're going to nerf him? Yeah, that seems likely. June 11th is when the game's going to come out, of course. Yeah. No, but that's really cool, though. I mean, I'm. we just talked about what Capcom is doing, and we've been gushing and praising them. And I know some people are mad about this lobby thing, the high damage thing, whatever. But, I mean, what Arxis is doing, again, I'm going to gush about this, too. Because, yeah, frankly, totally. this backyard developers, the, 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 the communication is fantastic. They're really taking the poll results into account. They're really listening to people. And on top of that, they delayed the game to make sure that they 
made the lobby better than it was before, right? And so they're going to give us another beta to try again. And, you know, hopefully they don't delay it again. But still, it's like, yeah. it's really cool that they're taking the time to make a much stronger game. You know, like the Miyamoto quote, right? A bad game is, you know, is, is uh, you know, if you release the game bad, it's bad forever. You know, you could, I don't remember the quote, never mind. <laughs> Can't get fooled again. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on, you know, whatever. Uh, you can't get fooled again. Oh, no, you're right. It's great. Good job out there. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say about gear? Um, just excited. Just really, really excited. 100%. In King of Fighters 15, King is in the video game. We saw a trailer for King last week. Right. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people are really, really down on uh, the way that she looked. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the 5-5 matchup Ultra Chen. I actually was fine with how she looked. Like, the animations clearly were recycled from 14, right? Um, and... You can see it, like Shune's uh, animations weren't as strong, etc., etc. Um, and then Yashiro and Shizuru, who are brand new characters, look absolutely fantastic and stuff. So you can tell that they're probably working on the newer characters more so than the older characters. I actually liked a lot of the decisions they made for King, though, just like from a design standpoint. I like the way that she appears more gruff. That she's like more rough and tumble. I like the fact that you know, uh, you know, even the voice actress. Some people were complaining about the voice actress, thinking that you know she didn't sound right anymore. But you know, it's the same voice actress, and so like it's definitely a conscious decision to make her feel more serious and stuff. And you know, I kind of like that. I, I I like that design choice about her model-wise. I think she looks fine animations yeah are definitely a problem but uh like i said at this point in time we'll discuss it more in the 5-5 matchup but i i'm overall happy with it so yeah and her combos were awesome too the combos that she had in the game were awesome in the in the in the vid in the trailer i think she looks real bad but we'll <laughs> talk about that in a little bit <laughs> It's cool that she's in there. She's a cool character. I I think that her voice sounds cool too. That's not my point of complaint. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool actually. I played her in thirteen. She was one of the characters that I played. Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, from a you know reveal standpoint, it's interesting now because if they were going to release a character, uh, the only team you know that she would probably be going with is Yuri Sakazaki, and so. Now the question is, is this going to be an art of fighting team or is this going to be the women's team? Is mm -hmm. Mai going to be the last character on the team? The thing about it is they've usually been saving the leader of the team for the last character and that would technically be King, right? King mm -hmm. has always been kind of the, 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 the actual leader of the women's team. Uh, they okay. might save Mai for the end because she's Mai. Uh, but if they are trying to reveal the leader at the end, that might mean that the team is actually Ryo, and then King and Yuri, because that would make sense too. So it's interesting. Okay. We'll see how that works out. So cool, man. Okay. All right. There's a little bit of news on Fighting EX Layer Another Dash. It's now available on Switch in Japan. The graphics are a little reduced, but that makes sense because it's the Switch. 
cool. It'll be available elsewhere later this month. It's available for free right now for four characters. That's what you can play mm, if you okay. do the free one. And then if you want to get the full game, it's 25 bucks. Check that out. And then... Aren't they adding new features to it or something like that? Yeah, it's different. That doesn't have the Gogi system. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see it without that system. Because I, I wasn't a fan of that system in the first place. One of the reasons why I never really got into it. I would actually honestly love to see them take away the chain combos from the game. That's that's like the part that made me the most sad. Because like, it just didn't feel right to have the chain combos. But... You know, I'd love to, I'm I'm definitely, I didn't know it was free on Switch, so I'm definitely going to try to download it and check it out, so, no more. I downloaded it earlier today, and I haven't played it it yet. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait, no. I plan to download it earlier today, and it's not actually available outside of Japan. Oh, okay. And, you know, HiFi's saying that people love the gameplay so far, completely new gameplay, no running, more traditional. Okay, so that's, that's actually, that actually piques my interest a lot, a lot, so, (laughs) I'll check that out. Fighting EX Slayer, another dash. Also, remember last year, there was an announcement that was like kind of an announcement, not any specifics, Virtua Fighter X Esports. Right. Remember that from last year? Yeah. We had no idea what it was. Is it Street Fighter, is it uh, Virtua Fighter 6? Or is it an update to the last Virtua Fighter? Well, it seems like it might be an update to the last one because there is actually in Korea, a rating came out for Virtua Fighter 5 ultimate showdown which is i mean nothing announced obviously but is plausibly (laughs) an update to final showdown and again that's all i got for you on that one look i mean i can read the chat right now and see how overwhelmingly excited people are about this game concept here but again you know um if this is a real thing and it's a remake of the, you know, just a re-release of the former Virtua Fighter with online and stuff like that, you know, there's a good chance it'll probably be pretty cheap to buy. Uh, and, you know, it's probably a way to gauge interest in Virtua Fighter again. And uh, Virtua Fighter is still a game that the fans of the game really enjoy. And if they can release a cheap version of Virtua Fighter that people can try to get into and finally try to see what's up with Virtua Fighter and why everybody who is a big fan of Virtua Fighter absolutely gushes about the game, I think this is kind of a great way to do this. And so, look, I know I'm always trying to look at things from a more optimistic standpoint, but, you know, I think that this is... I just don't like. There's no way that this is bad to me, you know. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it's not bad news. Yeah, you're not gonna get them to make. Yeah, and it's even in free in Yakuza already, right? Like, you like to me. I just feel like you're not getting Virtua Fighter Six. It's just not happening. And so the only way for it to happen is if Virtua Fighter, this Virtua Fighter Five comes out, people play it, and then there's tournaments for it, and all of a sudden people are like, whoa, this is cool. And then and then maybe they can pitch to Sega and be like, hey, can we make a new Virtua Fighter, right? And I just, like I said, I just, I can't see this as a negative. I'm, I'm excited about this, and I'm hope, I hope, this succeeds if it's a real thing. So, that sounds right to me. I'm not in the camp that thinks that it's bad news, 
but it's also like not great news <laughs> right maybe is it a rebalance is there like new character so obviously we have no idea we don't know what this is really uh, or even if it's real maybe they just did a rating and for no reason it's probably it's probably real mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't seem like it's vf6 hopefully that happens someday for people who care about it it's yeah, a very popular they, game and if they made it free to play through some form i think it's like it's cool it's cool dude virtua fighter 5 came out boy i want to say actually 15 years ago is it actually 15 years ago that it came out? I would be surprised if it was that small. <laughs> it feels like so much long ago. Oh, it is actually. Curly is really when it came out. It actually was 15 years ago. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, so it's in other words, time. there's a lot of players in our scene that are younger than that, right? So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I got for game news. Okay. So I propose that we bring on Automatic. All right, let's take a quick break and then we will get Automatic on here and uh, talk to him all about you know, his labbing, his experimenting, what he thinks of Street Fighter V and content creation and all that stuff. We will be right back very shortly. So we're actually in the Ultra Chen call. So we should hop over to the show. Oh, you're right. You're right. Of course. Of course. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> He's just chill. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey. Ahoy, ahoy. He, he was just chilling there yeah. by himself. He's like, where is everybody? <laughs> I'm over here following directions. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is usually where we do the whole thing from, but we, um, we didn't and accidentally did it on another part of this. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all gravy. Yeah. Anyway. I'm just happy to hear your voices. Hey, buddy. And also, we are live on the stream right now. We always stream the oh. audio at this part, as people, a lot of people know. So don't say anything crazy, okay? Don't get weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna come out the come out the curtain swinging. Yeah, I hate the new games. They're all trash. Oh, oh, oh! Hey, everybody. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm automatic. Today's video, we're gonna talk about frame data. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! But thank you for coming on here and hanging out. And uh, definitely, uh, always. Hey, yeah, do your, can you do your screen share again? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I need that. Uh, uh, I need that. Oh, that's right. I need to do that. Okay, you're talking. Okay, yeah. Well, the book up. Cool, dude. Aikido SoundCloud gathers under night. This is some good stuff, man. I'm grooving. <laughs> Hey, you used to do music yourself, right? I mean, you were... Uh, yeah. You actually had... <laughs> I got you to do one of the songs for one of the EO intros, didn't you? Didn't I at one point or something like that? I worked with uh, Ian Cofino on some of the trailers. I did the the trailer for Tekken Tag? I forget. But, um, man, I feel so bad. This guy won like, a Grammy? He edited, he edited the video. Seth Mussey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work with him. Crazy. But uh, I was just reviewing my my SoundCloud library yesterday, and I had one of those moments where I'm like, I'm gonna post on Twitter. I'm gonna I'm coming back. I'm gonna learn how to do this again. Uh, But yeah, I I do want to get back into music. I I have been learning how to um, use uh, Ableton, so I can get back into it and Mm, start. I've been studying film. I got the music going. I'm trying to get back into streaming. 
Yeah, Seth. Kind of on and off here. Just as an FYI to people in the chat, Seth Mussey was one of the guys who um, he did stuff for Seasons Beatings. And when I saw the stuff that he did, I was like, this is amazing. So I asked him, uh, I, 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 through the Seasons Beatings guys, I contacted him, got him to help with Evo, and then he's, he'd been basically doing Evo since then. And it's really cool. His stuff is so good. Yeah, he's super sick. There's no surprise. He got to where he was. Yeah. Emmy winner. Whatever. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard of uh, this producer named Knowledge. He actually he pops into a lot of Sagat streamers <laughs> chat. And, and like, some of them are legit fans of him. Like He's he's also an Emmy award-winning producer. He worked with Anderson Pot. He's amazing. And uh, I didn't really know about him until he popped up in the chat. And then I looked at his music. I was like, Man, this is my kind of it's so good and uh there, there happened to be one stream that i was playing my music and he was in the chat at the time and he was like bro you should be making stacks i was like oh man that's such a massive compliment but it cuts me deep at the same time dude it's like why am i not doing this i need to be doing this yeah, that's a great compliment dude that's that's awesome cool, though. yeah he's a real cool he's like so normal <laughs> You feel like I'm, I feel like I'm friends with him, you know? All right, time to time to quit fighting games here, man. <laughs> Get back to them. <laughs> I mean, hey, you ready to come uh, back? Yep. All right, let's do this. You ready to, to jump in here? All right. I'm all ready. I'm doing. I got a salute propped up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. For the next segment, we're bringing on Mr. Automatic. And so let's hey. just, let's do this. Let's bring him on. And there he is. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, folks? I'm Automatic, also known as Jibbo, a long-haired Yang slash Gen player in Street Fighter 4. <laughs> okay. I, I love your relationship with the name Jibbo. It cracks me up, dude. It's almost like my real name, where my, my first name is David Paul. It's two names and it's hyphenated. I have to go through this explanation every time I introduce myself to somebody new. So your name's, first name is David Paul. What's your last name? Do you got a middle name? It's almost the same way with Jibbo and Automatic. Like, I've heard of Jibbo. Why, why does your name say Automatic? I think I have a thing for just explaining identity. <laughs> now, was, was, that, was that just like a music versus, uh, for those people who weren't listening during the break there, obviously you have some music background and wrote a lot of music as well. Is that just like one of them's the music name, one of them's the fighting game name or something? I wanted to merge it. I didn't want my music name to be Jibbo because Jibbo is a word I made up from a high school, like North Carolina history. I saw a word that looked cool and I just changed the vowels around and I played like first person shooters where, you know, you put like little Axie, little O that goes this way. And I also just liked having a short name because it was easy to log into SRK. I had a really short password also. So I just oh, me too. Cool. And I, <laughs> that would not yeah, fly I, today. I was, I, I was definitely three letter password. That was the minimum on SRK. What? <laughs> oh yeah. What? Anybody could have hacked me whenever they wanted. Nobody did. It was uh, it was your initials. It was the name of a Japanese Q player. With a TM. <laughs> you are you already could have hacked me. You actually already could have. Got the you read. had to read on me. Uh, <laughs> so, man, I we, wish we played back in those days. Oh, sorry. Okay, my bad. This is what yeah, this is about what 
we're gonna talk about right now. So we are gonna talk about modern stuff, Street Fighter Five, and you know, before that, Cross Tekken and SF4 and stuff. But yeah, let's start at the root of this. When did you start playing fighting games? When did you get into like the competitive FGC? Uh, I first started re getting rejected from playing fighting games when I was but a wee child, and my brothers <laughs> would play on Super Nintendo, uh -huh. and these. These mother brothers would tell me that they started a tournament and then I couldn't play with them, so I had to go be sad in the living room. I wanted to play. I wanted to play with my brothers. How many brothers? Uh, well, I have four older brothers, but it was just two of them. The two okay. menacing next in line younger. So they had, they had a two-person tournament and you weren't allowed. <laughs> you know these excuses you give to yeah, your family so you can continue playing. They, they were in that one more vortex. They didn't want to give up the sticks you know oh man the oldest brother of three brothers whose youngest brother is seven years younger than him i definitely get it <laughs> we definitely pulled the same shenanigans they give you that uh you're playing mario and they say it's on two players but it just give you a controller it's not even plugged in right <laughs> no, it's oh funny. yeah definitely and the, the, there was the time that i really wanted my youngest brother's sushi and he was really young this is just basically a story about me taking whatever I wanted from my youngest brother. Uh, and he, I convinced him that one of the sushi options was the ginger fish. Don't you want to eat your ginger fish instead of the actual sushi over there on this side of the plate? And so he was like, oh, gin, the, this is all, this is a fish? This, this part over here is also, this is the sushi? And I was like, oh yeah, totally, dude. Why don't you have the rest of the ginger fish? I'll give you all of mine and I'll take the rest of the California rolls. <laughs> Jeez, as, sushi bamboozle. As a youngest sibling, I'm with you automatic, so. <laughs> so then when, if you started playing early, when did you begin sort of taking it more seriously competitively? Oh, well, you know, you go to the mall, maybe you're shopping for clothes that year in school or whatever, you pass by, you see the arcade. Oh man, smells gross. But look at that! I recognize that game. I want to go play it. Is that Street Fighter? Is that CVS Two and Super Turbo? Is that a hacked SVC Chaos? Never heard of it, but it looks weird. I just wanted to see what that was all about. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deeply into it, but maybe something came out of that feeling of rejection when I was younger. Like to have that <laughs> friendship with people that were like older. They're cooler, you know. <laughs> so I want to see, like, I want to play games and I want to, you know, figure out what's going on here. It, it, it had really not much to do with competition. Hmm. Um, it was yeah. more about finding the hang, like, it's, you it's, know, it's building community, finding friends. Interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, so I, I've as seen far as that competitive aspect of it, it, I did play CVS2 for the first tournament and I went 0-2. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't jump at my opponent. Every time I would jump at Eagle, he would just pow, like, what is this? And then I played I played some third strike and I actually won a match. So I was like, maybe I'll play more third strike. <laughs> what year was that? Oh jeez, man. I think I was fresh out of high school, maybe in high school. Um at that time, my next youngest brother, who was mentioned in the chat, yeah, dude, 120%, another uh prominent SRK poster. He was really big in the like making avatars and stuff. Oh, um, I thought I knew that you guys were brothers. That's really Maybe I did. I I don't remember. I don't point. think I knew that actually. Okay. We were known as the, we were known locally as the Power Pat Bros. So I was pretty quiet back in those days. But my brother, he was always like doing some crazy shenanigans. He would always pat people on the back in the arcades if they 
if they did something cool or they beat him, like, hey, good job, dude. And they would pat. And then I, guilty by association, became power pat number two. Oof. Power if power it were pat up Jr. to the arcades, my identity would be cockroach or power pat bro number two. Thanks to yeah, dude. Oh, man. But... Look, but yeah, we used to play a lot. Like every day, I would come home from school. We would play Third Strike on PS2, which is one of the worst versions of it. But we didn't know any better. Sometimes on Dreamcast, my brother had this massive collection of fighting games, like everything. Um, so we would play, and mostly we played Third Strike. And my, I'm sorry to like ramble on, but my brother wanted all of the like system settings and system directions to have like chain combos all the supers <laughs> all right. that stuff you could do and that I was like, oh, too, yeah. i want to play at the arcades i can't chain light medium heavy at the arcades can we go to the regulars <laughs> like let's do it you know i want to play over there uh, was this maybe like 2003 at this point or what that sounds about right one of, one of the things, though, I mean, I saw some people in the chat talking about this. They actually weren't aware that Automatic and Jibbo were the same people. Like, they they were like, whoa. And in fact, uh, you, so that that uh, Saber versus Alex Vai match got kind of famous on, on mm -hmm. the internet. You were part of that team, weren't you? The, the team that Saber was on, weren't you? Oh, there's some stories there, but yes, I did end up on that team. Okay, okay. okay so that a different team. I ended up on the wild card team. Yeah. So what th what event are you talking about? So it was at Evo. Was Street Fighter Four first came out. They did a region tournament, and uh, you ended up on the basically the wild card. Wild card. Right. Two thousand nine. Man, that's a. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. But yes, yeah. I, did, I don't know if we want to get into it, but I did I did end up on that team, yes. I don't want to talk about that yet. I do want to talk about that era, but I first want to talk more about Third Strike. So at that time, I moved to the East Coast, to DC in 2005, and I was there until 2008. And during that time, I played with the Maryland, Virginia dudes. And we had a, we had a good scene. Um, and we would get players coming to our monthly from, you know, as far away as New York, Sometimes Pennsylvania, uh, Jersey dudes came down. Occasionally, North Carolina came up. And uh, and we actually went down to North Carolina a couple times. I was down in Greensboro uh, maybe a couple times to play games with the North Carolina heads. And I didn't know that 12 years later, I'd be getting married in that same city, which is true. <laughs> what a, what a, I never thought about that until right now, but that's true. <laughs> uh, so at that time, right? The North Carolina scene didn't actually get that much attention compared to some other scenes, right? LA, New York is what people like talk about typically. But there were actually a lot of good players all over the country. And one of them was was North Carolina. So talk to me about the OG, you know, maybe not OG, but the mid zeros North Carolina scene. Hmm. Uh hard to pinpoint like a celebrity type figure, but I do remember Isaac Graham. Who I didn't, I didn't, I was not a Marvel 2 player, but I remember that first tournament that I went to at that, that um, arcade in, uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. They were talking about, like, Isaac Graham's gonna be here. I'm like, who's Isaac Graham? Who's he? Like, what is, what is it? And you see the person who's apparently like one of the best Marvel players. He, like, he beat Justin Wong's Magneto one time. He didn't win, but he took up the character. You know, it was like one of those kinds of situations. Yeah, you were, you were a celebrity if you could do that, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and, I, you know, you just see the person, and they're like, they have this look to them, you know? Like, you know, in the 80s, you see, like, a weird gamer kind of action in the TV. Like, I was like, oh, that's one of those guys. He's, like, super good. 
Uh, and you know, there's a few of those around there. Like um, at the time for Third Strike, there was a guy named Jive Turkey Jones, but that oh, that was actually before my time. Like by the, by the time I started playing around, he wasn't really playing anymore. Um, um, and then you had Agent Strike. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting quite like it's just so many people that are now my close friends uh, to this day. Yeah, Face but, was down there at the time. Face yeah, just went back from Japan. Did he really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he went, he went there mostly to play Third Strike as far Dang. as I know. He was there for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so we, we went down there and like there, there were really strong players. It was just cool to see that a scene that I hadn't heard that much about was definitely keeping up with players who would keep up with people from New York and Philadelphia and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was awesome. But definitely yeah. the, the MDBA scene was strong. High school, where you remember first and last names of people that you weren't even like close friends with, like that's what those people felt like to me. Like Jose Hernandez, you don't know who Jose Hernandez is, but that was the first good player that I beat in tournaments. <laughs> hmm. Nice, okay. You know what I'm saying? You had that sort of ingrained memory about it's just somebody you know you interacted with over fighting games. It's I don't know how it just gets so deeply into the memory banks. I think it's really yeah. cool. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about stories from 15 years ago. So for, for sure, I, I have the same kind of experience. And and so you you were playing Hugo, you're playing kind of low tier at the time. How, how, how was your gameplay developing around that era? So originally I played Yang in Third Strike because it's kind of like fast. You know, I like the fast looking characters. He had a little dash. It kind of sucked, but I thought it looked cool. Uh, and back then I didn't really know what I was, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but I knew enough. I knew how to do crouching, medium kick in the Rekka, command grab, <laughs> and dive kicks. And right. I, I knew enough to survive, but I didn't know the first thing about frame data or all this stuff that I do now. That's all a collection of playing those weird characters and have to solve, having to solve problems in different ways each time. Because throughout the different fighting games, I play characters that are like different from the next one. I went from Yang to Gen, and then back to Third Strike with Hugo. And then with Cross Tekken, I experimented with a lot of different characters. Mm. I wanted to play that, that super turbo type uh, fireball uppercut with Sagat. And then I was like, let me pick a top tier. Had Jin with Sagat. Got pretty far with that, that team. Street Fighter V came around. Now I play pretty much every character. I play, you know, I play all these different games and try to be different. And that's what has helped me approach different problem solving angles. That's that's interesting. That's, so you only picked up Hugo after you had played Street Fighter Four. So you haven't you weren't like Hugo the whole time. No, no, no. It was a really like a, a reset. Oh. When Street Fighter Four came out, it was like a miracle. Like this new <laughs> fighting game on the new consoles is inc it's incredible. And uh, it was really sad because all those Third Strike heads that I mentioned before, we were at this crossroad. Like, are we gonna play this new game? Because we're like this close to beating these New York guys. We're like getting top threes at these tournaments. You know, finally. Finally getting, and then boom, Street Fighter Four came out, and we're like, "Ah, is this game good? <laughs> you know, and do we, uh, yeah. do we want to play with everybody else, or do we uh, like that?" It was yeah. tough. Yeah, I, I think I think remember. nowadays a lot of people look back and look at, at Street Fighter Four as something that was really a, a momentous change, and everybody picked it up, which you know, kind of it was a momentous change, of course, but. At that time, that was a common sentiment. I oh, knew yeah. a lot of people in LA who felt the same way. They just weren't sure about this game. A lot was up in the air. Especially when I mean, you get hit by one uppercut FADC Ultra, you'll be thinking some new things too. Like, I'm going back to where I came from. This is dumb. I was winning and then I'm dead. 
<laughs> yeah. And then, and then the worst was uppercut FADC. You block it, then he does it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the, it was par- in particular the third strike crowd really was down on Street Fighter 4 when Whoa, that game I came out. I still remember the videos that came out of uh, Super Arcade, I think it was. Just people really, like the third strike players, really just talking that good stuff. Whenever Street Fighter 4 is on the screen, you can hear them in the background. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Arcade Infinity and, and Dungeon and stuff like that. Bunch of footage coming out of there. Family fun. Yeah, that, that was definitely our experience as well. I knew a lot of people who had that kind of feeling. Some of whom came around later on, and many of whom just didn't. They kept playing third, or they stopped playing fighting games. Yeah, it's a real gritty subject, huh? The the, the old games versus the new games. Oh, I wish yeah. it didn't have to be like that. But, I mean, I wish it could also just be fair criticism, too. Or right? I wish everyone kind of listened to each other, right. too. <laughs> yeah. But then you got, you know, elitist third-strike players who kind of sniff their own farts. And then you got <laughs> the Street Fighter Five players who kind of stuck. They don't know any better. So it's hard to find that you know, listening structure. I mean, it's interesting. You've had that experience, right? So going from three to four. And so actually like right now, I know on your stream, you are streaming a lot of the Street Fighter V characters. You're always using the new characters that drop. And uh, you've been able to approach the game very differently. I mean, like, how, how do you feel about five overall as a game compared to, you know, four and three? Oh man, I gotta figure out how to navigate the neutral on this one. Like, I'm about to get crushed out of talking about this subject. So here's what I here's what I think about Street Fighter V. I try to put it in context of the way that I felt about Third Strike. The way that I felt about Third Strike is that I'll drive home at 4 a.m. in the morning, and like I've met a bunch of strangers, and then and then if I don't win this tournament, I'm not gonna be able to afford gas to go. Like this sort of desperation to play this game. Mm-hmm. If some people have that feeling for Street Fighter V, who am I to take that away from them? So what I like about Street Fighter V is that you know some people do, and I can enhance I can enhance their experience. I can teach them how to play the game, and then they go out and do it on their own. And maybe they have that same that same feeling, that same rush that I did with Third Strike. If you want to know what I think about Street Fighter V, it's uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's good enough. Enough the qualifier, nice. Uh, it didn't really, it didn't really hit the ground running. But what, where it's at now, it's pretty balanced. It might be the most balanced Street Fighter. Um, it's interesting, but I do feel like the formula is a bit monotonous. Most of the characters are looking for the same goal. Mm-hmm. They just approach it sort of like a little bit in different ways. But I do feel like the tier list is much more condensed than it's ever been before, which I think is good. I think Dan is terrible, but he's awesome. At the same time, I think he's the worst character. Uh, and I think the way that they're experimenting with the new characters, I didn't get to get a chance to really digest the new uh, trailer that just came out. I was driving them away home. Uh, but I was watching y'all kind of break them down. They look like they're trying to, to you know, put some new stuff out there, and that's, that's good. I like interesting. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. like interesting and exploring and figuring out new things. And I think that's what we got coming up. I think that's right. But And you're also right to say that the game didn't hit the ground running. Is a great euphemism <laughs> for it. It was a really bad video game launch, right? Even if the gameplay itself I thought was okay, the like larger game was obviously a catastrophe. Uh, but the, the gameplay has, has changed quite a bit. 
so what what is it that has that has kept you playing it in now its fifth year, even before they started to make more adventurous changes with characters? Community. It's the same thing I mentioned before. It's mm-hmm. finding new people and common interests. Like I got people from my stream that I've met in person at an arcade in Hope Mills, North Carolina. Shout out to Darth Peaches. Like that is the most awesome thing to me. Is you know the game just becomes a medium to find yes. like-minded people and to make new friends and to have this kind of um, maybe maybe we're not in love with what we're doing, but we're we're still finding some like love around it. That might sound kind of weird, but it's just. Oh, that yeah. fighting game energy is there, so yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, yeah. It's just being able to teach people as well. That that I find extremely rewarding, especially teaching people in people in person. I was doing like um, lessons at this arcade stop button in Hope Mills, North Carolina. So if somebody went zero and two in tournament, I would give them a free lesson. I never, <laughs> I don't even think I charged for lessons. I just wanted. It's like if I was retired, I would still do that. You know, it's it's really really enjoyable for me. I would write up documents. I would play a set with them, tell them what they got to work on, explain things in detail. This is how mobile and back recovery work. This is the button you should use. This is where you can react. This is the matchup. Blah blah blah. That kind of stuff. And then this gentleman that went on to won a tournament with my help. I didn't win the tournament, but I gave him. Hey, this is this is what you can do. And then he won it. Oh man, it was a really good moment for him and for me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's that, awesome. I mean, that probably was an amazing moment for you, right? I mean, just the pride and uh, you'd feel in that situation. When you see somebody uppercut on reaction and you know it's a product of what you emphasize to them and it's like an old school mentality to, you know, really have a sharp anti-air and then they, they hit it. Oh, man, that's a, that's a rush. <laughs> oh, man. Now, obviously, one of the things that you've really started getting known for, especially on the social media side of things. Uh, you've become one of the lab monsters, right? Like one of the tech monsters finding the best setups for people. I always said that like for, you know, at one point in time, absolutely you and Javits are like the, the main tech monsters on Twitter for people to follow and get information. I know, for example, like when Sagat came out, you were put in a ton of work with that character. Um, like, is that something that is just like your favorite thing to do is just to sit down and find tech for the characters? That's more interesting to me than competing in Street Fighter V. Mm-hmm. For me, putting out that information is my call. That's me in tournaments now. That's what, that's what I have to offer because playing in tournaments and taking Street Fighter V seriously as a competitive game, not for me, but teaching people, that's, that's where I find my, my place. So I like it. That. You, gotta, you gotta focus on what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, playing Street Fighter Five online ranked, it has its fun moments, but there are times where it does not. So you know, you gotta you gotta do what you enjoy too. Right. Looking for tech like that, love of that clearly comes from earlier times. We we did kind of gloss over this like entire phase, but in Street Fighter Four, you were one of the few people playing Gen and and making him strong. And that that was a very tech-heavy character, right? That's, that must have been something that you were interested in even back then. It's almost like a call. Like, I hear a certain bell ring in my head when someone says a character sucks. That's another reason why I, play, I played Sagat in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Because a friend of mine was like, man, Sagat sucks. I was like, you really? You think so? 
it's like a challenge to me. It's like, okay, this is a new puzzle. I want to figure this out. Yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to embarrass or like, you know, show them up. But it's like, oh, a little puzzle. I can I can kind of doctor house this. I can, you know, this is what I do. Let me figure this out. This is that I mean, honestly, that's where a lot of the low tier hero factor comes from. And, you know, it's why I played Cami and Super Turbo, right? You know, same mm. kind of thing. It was just like Oh, she sucks, huh? Well, let me see if I can solve this. You know, it's that, that's where the interest comes from. Are we yeah. talking about Vanilla Street Fighter Four again as low tier? Is are those the words coming out of my friend James right now? <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> at it. At the time when Street Fighter Four was released, yes, it was perceived mm -hmm. to be as such. Dude, right. I I have. I mean, in SoCal, we played a lot against um. What was the dude's name? Yeb. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we, played, we played with him, so like we knew that that character was was very yep. strong, but not that we many not that many players. Because well, when Super came out, his patch notes was he got nerfed, and all the Gen players were like, "Why would you nerf him?" And yeah, he played in San Diego. Everyone in San Diego was like, "We know why they nerfed him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Yeb. Shout out to Yeb the God. Yeah. I have yeah, a, that... I have a little side story about that. Tell me your side story. Oh, you know, there was a there's a gentleman named Chris Hu who money matched Yeb at a certain Evo, and Chris Hu beat that uh, fine gentleman. Okay. So at season's beatings, Chris Hu challenged me because you know you play against one of the best games in the world. You gotta you gotta beat little old Jibbo, right, from North Carolina. So I'm at season's beating. I'm minding my own business. Chris Hu, Jibbo, I money match Jibbo. What? <laughs> what? Where did this come from? So I money matched him and I beat him. Therefore, I'm the best game player. You know how that works. That makes sense to me. Transitive property and all. What was that? 2009, maybe? 2010? Oh, so, so, so what happened, huh? It was, it was, it was that season beating. Is that um, I also played Daigo, and I think I took a match off of him because yeah. I, I didn't wake up super and I hit him. Nice. And everyone, all of New York was rooting for me to beat Daigo, so they didn't have to beat him twice in Grand Finals. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but what I happened think... with you and who? With Chris who? Oh, I beat Chris. I beat Chris who. Okay, okay, okay. You just sort of... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, god dang it, James. God dang it. What's up? I see what you did there. Well, no, no, no! I'm just no. I was legit asking, like, like what happened with that match, you know? Because I felt you like we're doing like a who's on first, what's no, on the second. No, no, I wasn't trying to do that. I wasn't trying to do that. I swear, oh, I swear. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh man! Oh, did oh, he say? Oh, okay. I missed it. I missed it the first time you said that you won. Okay, got it, got it. He Sorry, definitely did bad. say it. Yeah. That was a Street Fighter Five mix. We didn't both didn't know what was going on, but we both got hit. Yeah, I know. So then when so <laughs> Street Fighter Four is out for a while, a few years after that, Cross Tekken comes out, and that game Ooh. had a response that was uh, not very positive. You may say that uh, what was the euphemism that you used for SF5 earlier? Anyway, it sucked on launch, and uh, a lot of people were were down <laughs> on it. A lot of people were down on it at launch. And as that game kind of developed, especially its its follow up came out in 2013, kind of changed perce perception of it. But you you were there finding good stuff in it in it earlier. T tell me about your experience with that game. The bell went off, my friend, Ultra David. The bell went off. This game sucks. It's got timeout cross gems <laughs> DLC on disc. I'm like, bing, 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 bing. let me try it. Originally, I wasn't gonna play it. 
because I thought Marvel 3 was entertaining, it's fun, I learned from it, I got like top three at a local, I'm like, all right, I get it, I got what I got. Street Fighter 4, I went through playing Gen, and I ended up playing Hugo, I played some characters in between, you know, I kind of stuck around. And then Cross Tekken came out, I'm like, nah, I'm good. But a friend actually, I got a copy from a friend, he just, you know, I was like, all right, fine, I'll try it out. And uh, I liked what I liked what I saw. There was a lot of different. There was like a bunch of things to explore. Yeah. And I felt like the way that it was being played was not. It was valid playing defensive and going for time overs. Yeah, you can do that. But the other side of it was not being explored, or yeah. it was almost like it was unknown how to really do damage. Like go mm-hmm. away from chain combos, do hit confirms. Now you do more damage. Okay, now optimize that and do the the, the attack cancel. You know, manage your life bar. You know, there's so many different things with Street Fighter Cross Tekken that were just going under the radar because they were overshadowed, not only by the game controversy, but you had Street Fighter 4 and you had Marvel 3 at the same time that were, like, all the way developed and players were playing them at high level and nobody was really playing Cross Tekken. There was a tournament that they had Cross Tekken as, like, the showcase. Like, this was the last game that... And no one was really like, time over. Time over. They're like, ah, this doesn't really taste good. So it was hard. After that, it was really like an uphill battle from there. Arturo, <laughs> Arturo, who ended up being my teammate for the 2v2, I got I got this title of Defense Force. Uh, like, Defense Force. You know, I was like the general of the Defense Force. So I started making memes out of it where people who are my stream who are watching, I would give them, like, titles. Okay, you're Corporal. Uh, you're the six Secretary of Defense, Ryan Hunter. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, Ryan, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I just have fun with it and just enjoy it. like i didn't really have to battle that you know i could kind of defend the position but at the end of the day the game was fun to play so that's all it took i mean what was your favorite aspect about the game was it just the fact that you could explore so many different combinations or what was it in particular that you enjoyed uh there was a lot of management for your meter so the, the combo routes that you would choose depended on the situation of the right. match maybe you had to recover health for your teammates so you would find a combo to attack them out um this is so many different mechanics like the the way to take away their recoverable health uh the the, the, the footsies there was there was execution involved with Jen. i could do the little wave dashes go back and forth that was really fun to do the amount of personality in the game like players would be able to construct a team that was to their play style and then play them in a unique way. So you see so many different so many different players and so many different play styles that it was just really cool to see like you're constantly trying to figure things out in the moment. And then tech would keep coming out like you would get better and better every day figuring out new stuff. So it was really it was really cool. It's just unfortunate uh, that they had so many broken <laughs> so many broken parts of it and so many bad <laughs> So much bad, solid press. Like, there's no defending. Golly, man, I wish I could tell y'all more, but it's, they, they, they messed up. They made it really <laughs> they messed up. And despite everybody's efforts, Pandora remains maybe the worst fighting man mechanic ever. Real terrible. Hilarious. Awful. <laughs> I mean, it was. And they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I had some cool it was just. King and then they took it away. <laughs> they just wanted to put as many things into the game as possible. You know, it's just, it's just really kind of what it came down to, unfortunately. You know, one of the things we've been talking about is, you know, understanding the, the own ecosystem of your game and, you know, 
I feel like they're doing that really well in Modern Street Fighter, but in that game, it's like they were just kind of throwing things at the wall to see what stuck, you know, and it took a whole massive patch. I mean, have we ever seen a game that has been changed that much by a big patch, you know? Cause cross I feel like they took the Street Fighter Cross Tekken as a lesson learned, and that's maybe why Street Fighter V was so massively damaging in the beginning phase. It still is. But I think they saw the time overs in tournaments, and they're just like, we got to crank up the damage. So this doesn't happen immediately. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can't have time overs when this game comes out. Yeah, because they, they put in chain combos in the game, but they didn't change the way that the scaling worked. <laughs> From Street Fighter 4, which didn't have chain combos. So, yeah, the damage was definitely very low. Yeah, Rip Cross Tekken. It's, it's really unfortunate that it's you got to jump through 20 different hoops to play Cross Tekken now. And I just, I can't find I, Like, I've been, I've installed it and uninstalled it literally at least seven times. Oh, no. Trying to play Temple Bison. Every time I stream Temple Bison, it's like, hey, you play some Cross Tekken, Jibble. Why are you ducking me, Jibble? And then I had to go to Microsoft Live, reset my password, yeah. figure out my old a big mini wheat at msn.com email just to play Street Fighter. It's like God, and then and then the online experience ain't that good. So, yeah, right. And then I'm like, oh man, I forgot how to play. So it just makes me salty. It just, I just let it go. But was it cross Tekken still pretty game, good though? though? Hmm? There is a scene in. Uh... What'd you say, James? W wasn't Cross Tekken's net code pretty good? It was uh, average. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do I do not recall it being good. It was Street Fighter 4. I mean, it was Street Fighter right. 4 Neko, for sure. Because I always remember, it, like, hearing Ryan talk sound about how much better the beginning it was of it. Street Fighter 4. I don't think it was okay. good. Um, anyway, uh, let's... So, not that much time left, but I, just, I, I did want to talk about the content side of things for you and, and how that kind of transitioned from just playing into streaming content creation began and then kind of what has kept you in that side of things um, i don't it's hard to answer that because uh i've kind of taken a back seat in the past couple months because of you know pandemic got i bought a house uh, you know big jibbo family life mm -hmm. other stuff so i've been kind of like in the back seat and i've just i've been really happy with so many so many content creators now for fighting games, and I think that's awesome. And they're all doing the right things. Like, I mean, they're kind of not saying that they did what I did, and I'm, I'm not trying to imply that, but they're <laughs> doing more than what I was doing, and you know, doing the right things. You make the YouTube videos, you get an editor, you find things that people want to want to watch. You make some mistakes along the way. You leave yourself open to you know learning more. I mean, it's all out there now. I mean, I I got to figure out if there's any problems to solve anymore. It really feels like people will figure it out. <laughs> okay. Like, like you mentioned earlier, I do wanna I do wanna step it up. I wanna start making music again and I'm gonna start yeah. trying to do like skits, film, on top of the tech and content, general streaming and content right. creation. So when I do come back, quote unquote, I wanna be like at a different, a totally different, like a film producer type level. Yeah, because I remember Sounds during awesome. the break, you know, before this interview segment started, we were talking about, you know, your music career. You helped with a lot of the music at some of the Evo intros and everything, you know, and you used to be really heavy into that. So, I mean, has that just taken a backseat to the gaming a lot? Uh, yes and no. The last time I made a full music track was maybe five years ago. Oh, dang. So. Okay. Really? 
streaming Street Fighter Five and trying to build that platform, which I think I have, I have a strong foundation enough to get voted to Street Fighter League. That was fantastic mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so I've, I, you know, in some ways, I've used Street Fighter Five to my advantage to build that platform, so I can you know further build that community and that same feeling that I got when I first got to the arcade. So, cool, would man, you, would you consider your like strive? Taking that seriously, Street Fighter Six comes out and you really, really like it. Would you consider going back to a competitor role? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm a competitor in Street Fighter Five until like go to the tournament and lose <laughs> 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 and not the top eight anymore. <laughs> I mean, that is still in my my soul to want right. to be the best in the world. I still have that feeling, like I did, like Cross Tekken was the last time I think. Where I'm like, I'm gonna be golly, top eight Evo. It's like a, it's like a prestigious thing, but I could have. Yeah. Oh, it's still there. It's still, it's still that that anguish. Like I could have, but I haven't done it yet. So I want to win. I want to be like, you know, it's still that North Carolina third strike. We were this oh, close yeah. to being in that beyond top three space. Mm-hmm. I still want to go there, but uh, you know, sometimes you gotta hold that. You gotta <laughs> maybe Street Fighter Six uh, strive. Cool, man. Well, look, thanks a lot for coming on and chatting with us. It's cool to catch up. I hope things are going well otherwise. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Where where can people find your music if they just want to sample some of the stuff that you've written before? Uh, Same, Automatic. SoundCloud. I have some music on SoundCloud. Uh, Okay. eh, Twitter, Twitch. YouTube is Jibbo. YouTube.com slash Jibbo. Cool, man. Well, again, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks for hanging out. It's my pleasure. Any, it's anything good anything else you want up. to plug? Catch up. Here and talk to friends. Well, I'll any, take it easy. Anything else you want to plug? Like Twitch? Uh, did you plug your Twitch and everything already? So. Yeah, I mentioned it. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, bub. Have a all good right. night. Thanks for hanging out. Yo, next time I'm in North Carolina, I'll let you know. Yeah, GG's, man. What a lost art. <laughs> I'll be there in a couple months, actually, now that I think about it. Was it really the same city that you got married in that, that you... Actually was. Greensboro, yes. North Carolina. Yeah, we went down there to play with folks a couple times. I think we, like, rented a... Uh, not a bus. You know, like a large van uh, to go from the Maryland, D.C., Virginia scene down to North Carolina. Yeah, we went down there to play a couple times. Nice. And then, yep, yeah, sure enough, that's where I got married. <laughs> all these years later that's so cool, cool. life's weird sometimes yeah. pretty pretty trippy anyway thanks a lot to him for coming on again want to move on to the next thing yep let's do that gonna move on to some five five not so not a megabus no but i did definitely use megabus to get around from dc i used megabus to get up to new york I, half a dozen times maybe not just for fighting games but sometimes for fighting games Oh, man. All right. Let's get into the 5-5 matchup section where we discuss some timely issue in the FGC and give our takes on it. And here's the one that we have for you tonight. Yeah. So How much slack should we cut (laughs) SNK? Yeah. So, obviously, uh, and I know Tubo's going to be mad that he's not here to talk about this because he'll have feelings, I'm sure. Feelings about it. Uh, But, you know... Uh, obviously, the King trailer came out. A lot of people were mad. A lot of people said that the trailer looked awful and that she looked horrible and everything. And, um, you know, 
I've seen people on Twitter talk about this and say, you know, hey, look, we know that SNK doesn't have the budget that everybody else does at this point in time. We know that they're, you know, kind of a small team. You know, what they did with 14 and Samurai Showdown, and you can see that it's still an improvement as they are moving into 15. And so you see a lot of people out there on uh, the internets basically saying that, you know, uh, we, we have to kind of understand where they're coming from. And, you know, of course, everybody wants Arxis graphics, but that takes a lot more work and they would have to learn something completely brand new, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the question is, uh, sh should that be a part of, you know, taking into account what you expect out of the game? Or should we just expect, you know, Arxis quality out of every fighting game that's coming out by a major publisher. Well, my perspective on this is that in any case of a fighting game being developed and coming up, I'm going to play the games that look good to me and look fun to me and that I'm going to enjoy. I'm not going to play the games that I don't think I'm going to enjoy, whether for gameplay reasons or audiovisual or for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And that's the case regardless, like whatever the developer is. So I'm not going to treat SNK differently. I'm going to have the same feeling. If I enjoy the games that they make, fan, fan, great, fantastic. I'm There I am. I'm on board. If I don't enjoy the games that they make, I'm not going to play either. And for me, audiovisuals, the graphics, etc., it's more important to me than it used to be. When I was younger, it was like, a one out of 100 in importance. I would have played a stick figure game. <laughs> Did not matter to me at all. Now I'm not that far, but I still feel like I'm probably like less, mm -hmm. probably matters to me less than many people. Um, but it, it matters to me uh, some amount. So the graphics for KOF 15, I don't think are great, but I also don't think they're terrible. For me, it's just kind of like not really worth talking about for the mm -hmm. most part. I don't, when, when I see them, Nobody's going to give this game a graphical award. That is for sure. Right. However, also, like, there's no reason to dump on it constantly, in, in my view, because I don't think that it's, I don't think it's terrible. So I mostly have avoided talking about this since the first, you know, maybe trailer or two. And since then, I've just been kind of, you know, I'm watching. That's cool. The game right. looks fun. That's fine. I will say that I think King looks pretty bad, unfortunately. Right. But in, in general, I kind of don't think it's so bad as to be constantly discussing. Right. Do you uh, think that people are going overboard? Like, I do feel like there's a little bit of what I described as meme inertia from 14. I mean, like, mm. you look at the difference between Andy and 14, and it was embarrassing, you know, and he's definitely had kind yep. of the glow up over here uh, for 15. Do you think people are going in, like, maybe judging it a little too harshly? Not, not really. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's my answer on that front, to be perfectly frank. It seems to me... So again, I know that I'm on the, more of the end of things where graphics are a little bit less mm -hmm. important. I know lots of people for whom they're very important. And if that's your perspective, and like a reason that you're going to buy a game or not is, are the graphics cool? Right. Do the characters look... Are the animations good? I mean, this is a tough one. This, right. is, this is a tough... I, and, and it's not... It's certainly way better than 14, which was you know, on the list for, for least good-looking right. major fighting game release ever. Right. Um, I mean... This is this is definitely an improvement, but it's still not great. So, like, two, uh, you know, interesting aspects is, one, you know, like, for example, MVCI, right? 
that's a game that uh, looked bad, but is still yeah. really fun, you know? And yeah. so there's a lot of people that feel like it's a shame that people didn't play the game more, you know, despite it not looking good. Do you feel like those are lessons we should learn and maybe not try to judge it as harshly? Or Look, I feel like I have the same perspective on MBCI, which I absolutely agree did not look good. Mm -hmm. It looked bad, you know, to just be perfectly honest. Didn't look good at all. It was bad. But it was fun. And and ultimately, what matters to me is that I'm having fun in a fighting game. So I played a bunch of Marvel Infinite. Right. The graphics didn't stop me. And again, I don't feel like the graphics would stop me in KOF 15 either. Right. I just, I'm, if I, if I try the game out, which I absolutely will, and I like it, then that's good enough for me. But I, I would not hold this company to a different standard. I wouldn't cut them any slack right. because ultimately what matters to me is that I have a finite amount of resources. Right. I mean, I can, I can buy a new game, but like, mm -hmm. do I have the time to learn it, to, to play it in a way that would be satisfactory to me? I don't want to half-ass playing a fighting game. Right. So I typically feel like I have two or at most three fighting games that I can be playing at any one time. And I just don't really have that much more time right. than that. And I and you know someone asked. Will KOF fifteen fit into that for me? I <laughs> I don't know. I it seems honestly not very likely to me. As someone but in the chat, I'm, I'm open to that. And as far as cutting them slack, I wouldn't I wouldn't treat them differently than any other game. It's still right. the ultimate factor of I have limited time and resources. I'll play the games right. that I enjoy with that time. Yeah, I mean, someone in the chat is asking if I if 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 people think it holds an art style, and I do. I, I actually do like that they're moving towards more of a cell shaded look than what they were trying to do in King of Fighters 14. I think that was one of the downfalls of 14 was that they had no art direction and they were trying to make it look real and not real. It was weird. But I mean, mm. would you would you consider it a significant reason to kind of be more accepting of the of the recycled and, you know, poor animations from 14? If the if the game does come out with 50 characters in there, right? Because King of Fighters 14 came out with 50 characters, which is pretty impressive for a lot of fighting games these days. If King of Fighters 15 comes out and has the same kind of thing, 50 characters, maybe 52 characters or something like that, would that temper your feelings on the graphics a little bit more? Like, oh, okay, I get it. They're just working hard to put so a lot more new characters in there, so they're working on them, so Yashiro looks good, etc., etc., you know. I don't have any reason to do that, okay. I, and I don't know why anybody would. I mean, again, like you're, it it doesn't matter to me that a game is coming from. First of all, I'm not sure it's true that SNK has no money, but or has so much less than some other devs. Mm -hmm. But like saying that that is true, or arguing that that is true, I'm I'm not going to cut them slack. No, okay. even in that case. I just don't, I just don't know why I would like I, it's it's just a, it's there's so many good games out and so many great choices and I just I would have the same feeling about the game mm -hmm. as I approach it as I would for everybody else. Again, it doesn't matter. My choice about which fighting games to play are not related to what the devs' decisions were motivated by. It's unrelated. It's just that I all I'm looking for is to enjoy playing a game with my limited time. That's it. And if a game comes out for whatever reason and it doesn't meet those factors, I'm not going to play it. Whether that's because of they have 50 characters or because of whatever else. Right, I just, right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know that there's any reason to cut them any slack. I mean, look, I tried, I tried to uh, 
Stamp Show, as you recall, and I was, <laughs> I was not into that game. Not necessarily because of the graphics, which I, I don't think are terribly great, but like at least have an interesting art style. I will, yeah. I will say that. But that wasn't my what my decision to play it or not was based on. Mm. But it sounds to me like you want to cut them some slack. I mean, it's not that necessarily that I want to cut them some slack. It's just, you know, I guess just from my standpoint, from being someone who's at, been at a company who has created software, and I know all the problems that come up in those situations and just judging from what I can see from SNK like all the signs are there that it's a very small team you know all the signs are there that I don't think that they have ridiculous budget for it and you know and again part of me is also just I just want to be as positive about things as possible and I'm tired of seeing all the negativity around it you know and it's just you know if they come out with the rollback net code if they have 50 characters in there if a lot of the new characters you know have the same kind of quality graphics that yashiro has you know i mean if the game turns out to be really fun i mean i'm just afraid that we're going to run into another situation that people are going to not play it because the internet when it had that meme inertia and went too hard into it you know basically well, I don't know if there's been a case of that happening where there haven't been real problems with the game. Probably not, right? I mean, the cases where that's happened are like Marvel Infinite actually has terrible graphics. Right. Um, <laughs> fun, fun game, but like there is a real problem there. Right. Like, yeah. Actually, KOF 14 actually really did look bad. Cross Tekken yeah. actually had, it was terrible looking. Like, right. it, you know, there, there are actually issues in these cases. It's not just about memes. And in 15, again, it's not my view that the game looks terrible. I don't think it looks right. terrible. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that it looks good. It's just somewhere in between where I wouldn't really consider talking about it either way. It's like not right. a motivating but, factor you know, for me either way. You know, you see this a lot in the chat. A lot of people in the chat right now are just saying like, you know, that just the game doesn't look good. Like, I, ugh, it's just like, ah. But like, Maybe. I feel like that's a lot of it is that inertia from 14 it's just it's gotten to that point and snk definitely didn't do us any favors with the way samurai showdown turned out right gameplay was fun but like they're not i mean i'm still surprised we got a third season for that game but like there's like no improvements to the net code you know there's the ghost system that actually never actually did anything you know they haven't fixed the lobbies and stuff like that so uh yeah. i'm just wondering if you know like, I'm just scared that it's going to be one of those games that might turn out to actually be really cool and fun that just gets hit too hard by that dog, the internet dog pile, basically, you know, at this point in time. And, you know, the reason why I kind of want to talk about it and bring it up, because I really do think that that is an issue. I really honestly think that's a concern. And, you know, I'd rather bring it up and have people think about it and go, you know what, maybe the game actually doesn't look as bad as I thought it did, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So, cause I mean, there are people out there that are talking about it like it is MVCI. Like it is like, oh, this game looks like it's a PS1 game. And it's like, well, you, I mean, KOF 14 came out, I don't know, a handful of years ago. I don't remember, mm -hmm. was it four or something like that? Several years ago at this point, you would, you would hope that there would be an improvement. 
And I think right. that it's true that there is some momentum. I think that probably is right. People are judging 15 with what's most recent in their minds, right. which is 14. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that makes sense. I don't think that that's a big surprise. But you would hope that it would look better than 14. So I don't think that the, the bar is like, does this game look better than 14? It's, <laughs> boy, the most beautiful fighting game ever is coming out and it's Guilty right. Gear Strive. Right? I mean, that, and so it's, <laughs> but that's, but that is what you have to be developing a game against. Right. And if it's not going to happen that way, there's really nobody to blame. You can't blame the people who are going to buy the game or not right. for having an opinion that is influenced by the fact that other games are gorgeous. I just keep thinking Strive is the game. I mean, Arxis is the game killers, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of why MVCI died it was because, like, here's MVCI, here's Dragon Ball Fighters. And it was like, oh my God, you know? Absolutely part of it. <laughs> also, again, Marvel Infinite. <laughs> was bad looking so it's yeah, not like it was uh, the chun a face. great looking game versus like a pretty good looking game it was not at all like that right and and this is i mean this basically looks like it's a little bit better than marvel infinite you know i mean it's not it's not nobody would say it's great right. it's not kof 14 it's like in between but that's your competition is strive Mortal Kombat 11, maybe you don't like the gore and stuff, but like the models look fantastic. Like that, mm -hmm. that's it. That's the level that you're even, even Tekken 7, even Street Fighter 5 looks better than it did at launch, right? There's so many cool looking yeah. characters nowadays. So that is what you're going up against. Right. You can't blame anybody who is going to buy a game or not based on like which games currently look cool. That's not why I buy games typically, but right. if the, I know that's I know that is super important for lots of people, and mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to blame them for that. Okay. But anyway, dude, if if 15 comes out and it's fun to play, I I hope it gets a good scene. Of course. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, honestly, like I think the other the the last thing I'll say on the topic is that SNK also kind of did them no favors when they went from 13 to 14 because 13 is still just. Wow. So beautiful. And then 14 was like, what <laughs> happened? Like, it was, what a bizarre, bizarre drop in quality. I understand that 13 is particularly expensive. Like, nobody was expecting it to be the same again. But wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. What an yeah. amazing drop. Yeah, it was clear that they did. Legendary. I mean, the funny thing is that 13 was based off of models. But boy, they must have yeah. touched up those sprites. <laughs> Because it's so, the sprites were so amazing. 14 came yep. out and oh my God, it was just, but you can tell that they just didn't have the experience for it and it's unfortunate. And really, honestly, that just means they probably should look for better modelers to come out and design stuff. Now, 15 does have a lot of good things like the the, the, the fashion, the, the, the bump mapping on a lot of the clothes and stuff like that is actually really nicely done. But like you can tell with like the tornado blurring effect and stuff like that, like, Someone figured out how to do that, and they're using it in everything. <laughs> like, we have this one effect. <laughs> Let's use this as much as possible. So, yeah, definitely could do a lot uh, of work. But, you know, uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm just scared to have a game come out that might deserve a little bit more look into that's going to get basically moved to death. That's all. So, well, anyways. I don't know that I'm scared of it. I don't think that's the phrasing that I would use. But I could totally see that happening. Yeah, right. 
All right. Okay. Anything nothing excess for the sub who says their overblurring is kind of whack and the flame effects need to chill. Fabric and models look cool and the animations are decent. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> says uh says big time IRL KOF head for many many years. Nothing excess. Okay. Which again I think is a is a common opinion. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Oof. Let's get into the yes, 5-5 five, five matchup viewer questions. Number one. Do you think fighting games should implement quick time events along with combo execution, whether for practice or actual matches? Number two, do you think people who are not into fighting games are that way because they don't really understand them? Number three, why are we not allowed to change V-Trigger or V-Skill between games of ranked matches? Why am I not allowed to risk a choice for game one, see how much my opponent knows about my shenanigans? and then make a choice to play solid to win the set. Number four, what are some of the best examples of mechanically experimental and innovative fighting game characters? Characters that have some of the most game-changing and influential mechanics across all of fighting game. Let's check out the results. Who's the winner? The winner with an astounding 84% of the vote. A, an unheard of amount. Absolutely the first time it's ever been that drastic is number four. In your opinion, what are some of the best examples of mechanically experimental and innovative fighting game characters? Characters that have some of the most game-changing and influential mechanics across all of fighting games. Interesting. What do you got? I mean, uh, someone in the chat has actually kind of has a really good uh, call on that one. It's kind of a killer instinct kind of thing, right? Like, I think Agonos is one of the absolutely most fascinating mm. characters ever created a character who slows down with more rocks in there, but has more hits of armor, you know, he jumps lower and all this stuff, but he can build his own walls and he can build a wall behind him and in front of him. He can grab the wall and smack you with it. He can punch you through walls. I mean, Agonos to me is probably one of the most inventive character designs uh, mechanically speaking and you know I like characters that can do crazy things like that like I know Squiggly uh, is that was that her name in uh, in, in Skullgirls can in Skullgirls? Like, sh shift the screen around yeah. a little bit and stuff like I like those kind of crazy mechanics and so Agonos is definitely uh, one of the characters that fits in there for me I think um, uh, Agonos is definitely a great example of that and a good one that comes to mind uh, what about you? What, what comes immediately to your mind? It's Iron Tager, obviously, everybody. Obviously, Iron Tager is the answer. Are you serious here? Magnet Hands Grappler is clearly the answer. <laughs> Second of all, I feel like BlazBlue invented like half a dozen terrorist like archetypes. Like that game is, in, in my mind, still the most inventive fighting game overall. That and KI, I would say, are the two that really stand out mm -hmm. to me overall. Um, I think it's, so So for me, definitely the most mechanically, what was the phrasing here? Experimental and innovative. I, I could totally see that being like a bunch of characters actually in launch Blaze Blue, just to like, like experimental, you know, some of them got toned down or changed or whatever, <laughs> like throughout the, the life of that series. Taker got some buffs over the life of that series. But that was such an experimental game, and and I just really feel like they didn't know how good Tager would be, like, because they they put him out there and he was a pile of garbage in some matchups that well, were just I mean, almost that was unwinnable. Because they created new at the same time. Not just and, her. I mean, and, and Carl, Bug Boy. Yeah, Bug Boy. 
<laughs> yeah, send Bug Boy. Yeah. So, so, the very, very experimental. I feel like they just didn't know if he was going to be good. And they needed to buff him, it turned out, obviously. But it feels experimental because they put out a character that had such terrible matchups. And I think they might have just thought that he would have been better than he, than he was. They just said no, because it was an experiment. It was a new idea. So that, to me, stands out. I think that character is, you know, as I've often said, one of my favorite fighting game characters ever. And very innovative, certainly. As far as characters that have some of the most game-changing mechanics, I feel like I'm just looking at Blazeblue and KI for these <laughs> answers. <laughs> um, yeah, who, mean, has, who has it game-changing? I mean, certainly Agonos, you brought up with the wall, changes the game. Right, uh, but... Arcune I mean, changes the game. Like, I wonder if they're talking about, like, changing the game that way or changing the game in so much that they have this unique mechanic that clearly just makes them better than everybody else, you know? Like... Pet Shop just couldn't be hit low. He just didn't have a low part of his hitbox. <laughs> that, or is it more like the meaning of... was extremely influential and later characters took right. big lessons from that. Yeah. If so, maybe you're talking about Potemkin had a huge, huge impact on the development of grapplers ever since. I mean, Eddie, right? Eddie. I mean, Zato is probably one of the craziest character designs ever because isn't he technically kind of the first puppet character, especially way the way they intentionally designed him so that Eddie was controlled by negative edge? And uh, you know you could and his and and Zato's attacks were controlled by pressing the button, so that's what created a lot of like different kind of twister things. I've always thought Biken was a fascinating character. I mean, you created a character who could alpha counter everything, and she wasn't broken. I mean, some people would argue that she kind of was, <laughs> but you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's a character that you know was really fascinating. How they managed to put that kind of a character into a game. I guess I'm thinking about. I would say three games to me stands the most as just having in general the most experimental mm -hmm. and and unique characters. I would say the Blaze Blue series. Killer Instinct 2013 and probably Injustice. And I'm not even sure if it's Injustice 2. It might be Injustice 1. Mm. That is extra wild. I'd say the Atom from Injustice 2 stands out to me, but other than that, maybe Injustice 1 overall. Right. I mean, you know, for the first 15-ish years or so, there were, there were certainly some experiments, but I, I felt like it took a while for fighting game devs to get really... Uh, that's not right. That's not right. Because, you know, even, even early on, Darkstalkers was, you know, right. 96 or something. I, I mean, mean Darkstalkers was also trying every different kind of input, so much to the yeah. point that they all got taken out. <laughs> we had no yeah, more right. up to forward air fireballs from Morrigan, you know. Um, but even a game, uh, I saw someone mention a game uh that that was like oh yeah yeah that's right uh oh no actually this is what i thought of myself it was one of the reasons why i loved alpha 3 so much mm. you know because even a character like karin was interesting like they gave her the interesting branching wreck of paths 
Uh, the right. whole flipping and recovery mechanic was super huge. Gen in Alpha 2, having the two different styles. I even thought Armika was interesting because they gave her that hopping SPD. It was my favorite thing about right. her was to have that hopping SPD. You know, Alpha 3 was, I mean, like I said, they still have a mechanic that I only learned about how it worked like two years ago. With the, with the trade and the priority system being based off of open and closed stances and stuff like that. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing, but someone figured it out that it wasn't random. That it was like huh. based off of that. So, you know, honestly, um, that whole thing for the Alpha 3 too, having the aerial combat. Like I said, the original Guilty Gear didn't have that. And Alpha 3 put that in there, and then all of a sudden, the next Guilty Gears all had air recovery and stuff like that. And I really think that was innovative. X-Men, Children yep. of the Atom. <laughs> God, yep. The game where they just said, let's make everything work. And didn't realize how broken of a game they made. <laughs> yeah, I definitely cut myself off halfway through that sentence of being like, you know what? 15 years of fighting games? No, it was actually, there was a lot that was yeah. being experimented on. No, and I agree with Socrates too. I real, I still really love Soul Calibur Six Huang. Having a mechanic that affects you in future rounds, I think is super right. fascinating. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. There's a lot of cool characters out there. Look, I mean, what matters to me most, the characters I like the most are grapplers and zoners. Right. So the ones that stand out to me as being the most mechanically interesting are, yeah, probably, it's Tager for sure as number one. You know, Conrad's up there. Uh, I, I agree with Agonos is, is up there. Dude, DJ Blues um, just mentioned Spiral in Children of the Atom. One of Spiral's my super all weird in that game. Time favorite character designs because she was crazy. I right. love that character. Ugh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of cool things these days, and a lot of cool experiments have been there. Okay. Well, there you Anything go. else to say on this one? No, I mean, honestly, the answer just turned out to be there's so many. And that's there's one so of the, many. Seriously. That's one of the things that makes fighting games so great. I mean, when you have a game and then you put in a character that breaks all of the established rules to do crazy things, you know, that's what makes it fun, right? Like you said in Blaze Blue, the fact that everybody is basically their own fighting game because they have their own mechanics. Rachel's Wind was like one of my favorite things mm. that when that game came out, I was like, what a cool idea for a, for a thing. Like, I want to keep comboing you, so I'm going to use the wind to blow myself into you. You know, it's just like so many cool Definitely. ideas. Yeah, it took Arxis about a decade, but they finally came out with a good game when they made Blaze Blue. That's right. Let's move on to the next one. All right, guys. We're going to discuss <laughs> oh, no! the, next, uh, the, 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 the next topic here on the 5-5 five, five matchup here. Um, what do we got here? No. <laughs> oh, man. The other one that got votes <laughs> was... Do you think fighting games should implement quick time events along with combo execution, whether for practice or actual <laughs> matches? <laughs> am I am I blue for a reason? You have you made me blaze me into That's being why. blue. Yeah, there you go. It's blaze blue. That's because you're such a blaze blue fanboy. Oh man! All right. I played that game for maybe like a less than a year, probably for the first one. And then I played one of them for probably a year in between. So it's not like I was 
I wasn't a big grinder for that game, yeah, but I just always thought it had such cool characters. I gotta find characters. the green color for troll. That's what I need to do. Where's the green? There we go. Mm. There we go. There you there go. There it is. For the troll. There it there is. There we go. All you right. know, a little bit more one way, and I'm gonna look like Aura. <laughs> you pushed it, pushed it a little bit further one way. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, what was the second one? Here's. <laughs> Here's the question. Okay. Do you think fighting games should implement quick time events along with combo execution, whether for practice and or actual matches? What do you think? Kind of don't you think that they are quick time events already? Uh not really. Although I could name you one that exists, right? I mean uh, NRS has definitely included some of them in their games. Because uh, I know in MK11, you can damage reduce based off of hitting the buttons on the hits during the supers, right? Was it though? Yep, that's been around. I was about to say, couldn't you do that in the stage transitions in Injustice as well? Yeah, that's from Injustice as well. Right. Yeah, you could also, you could also do it game. on those as well. Yeah, so as you're being hit in MK11, if you're the attacker, you can press the button as the hit connects, and it will do a skull. Skull will appear on the screen. It'll mm. do a little bit more damage, and you can actually get multiple timings of the skull. It can be like a big. It can be like a red skull or whatever, or it can have like a kind of like slash through the skull. It can be like a broken skull, which is like extra damage. Right. So if you nail the timing, and on the defender's side, if you press the button at that same time, you'll get a little shield, thereby decreasing the damage. These are not by a lot. I don't remember the percentage offhand, but it's like a little bit right. changes. Oh, that's that's right. not Lilith, huge. Lilith had the top hat super where she literally made you play like a DDR thing <laughs> to get as much damage as possible. Yeah, that was one. But, I mean, if you're talking about like, oh, I mean, it's interesting because like some of the SNK supers feel that way too. Like the boom, mm. A, A, B, B, C, A, B, C, right. quarter circle forward, you know, that kind of thing is a little bit QTE as well. So, I mean, they've definitely implemented stuff like that. I don't think that I would enjoy it if it was a ma major facet of the game, but if it was just part of like the existence of a super. But again, you know, we were just talking about the creative mechanically uh, stuff. I'm sure someone could implement it in a way that would be super cool you know from my perspective i just wouldn't want to have something that was a bigger part of the game that didn't have me involved that's all right and mm -hmm. pressing the buttons at the right times is not super engaging for me so if you're playing a one-player game and there's a quick time event and you press the button at the right time that's like the only time you'll ever do that maybe mm -hmm. you replay the game in a couple years and you do it twice right you see it twice but it's not something that you're going to see a thousand times. If you play a fighting game a lot, you and you know you're playing a game that has a super or something like that, you will see the super a thousand times, at least, right? Over the years, how many times have I seen some supers in some of the games I played? Who knows? An absurd amount. I mean, as I wouldn't want that to be even more. As beautiful as DBFZ's animations are, we all got sick of Bardock Super, right? And like, even in NRS, the stage transitions got really old after a while, right? So look, even as it is now in MK11, I don't know. There may be five seconds long, maybe five to ten seconds long. That's too long. I like I, for me, I would rather just be like, all right, I hit you once, and there's I've done my oh, the, the, X-ray slash fatal blow. Like, I, yeah, I just yeah. and that's true. Actually, I just want to decrease realized... the amount of time that I'm not doing something. Yeah, Alpha 3 actually had it too. I mean, Alpha 3, again, another game with those craziness. You could actually reduce the damage of every hit. If you hit a button when you got hit, you could reduce the damage of every hit. 
And uh, like if Ken did the Shinryuken, you can mash buttons to get away. And in fact, some people would actually take, you know, if they saw you mashing buttons to reduce damage in the middle of a custom combo, they would drop the custom combo on purpose to make you flip and then reset you to reset the damage and stuff. Like, you know, it, like awesome. I said, Alpha 3 is one of my favorite games just because of that factor, that innovation factor. But yeah, I mean, if, if a quick time event like was like those games, you know, those story games out there and the quick time events were like five, six seconds long. Yeah, I don't want that. I, I just, I, I couldn't take that, so. I feel like the trend has been towards supers or whatever their equivalent are being longer, being more cinematic. Yeah. C compared to back when there were just sprites. Mm -hmm. And I just... It, they tend to top out at 10 to 12 seconds. That's about the most that you'll see. But even that is, for me, again, like, I just, I want to be engaged. And a super animation isn't engaging. And doing the skulls and shields, for me, isn't engaging. Unless it's a match that I really care about and I'm playing an MK11, I just mash. And sometimes <laughs> I'll get a skull and sometimes I'll get a shield. Because I just... It's super not important to me. <laughs> Unless it's work? like a match I didn't know mashing worked. Doesn't work great, but right. it'll it works sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't work great definitely. Um, so it's it, for me, it's not it's not very engaging. Right. I think part of the question here could be maybe a little bit more interesting. What about for practice? So I think that if you're mm. if you're in a practice kind of situation, say you're in a training mode situation, I think it might be nice to just have maybe not a QTE exactly, but the ability to very quickly play some little segment without having to just, you know, set, you can set it up in training mode with a dummy, but to just have a thing where you could be like, hey, dummy, do X or Y, big drop-down menu. That would be nice. Uh, I, I don't know that's really what the question is about here, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about this? I mean, if we did something in practice mode, I would love it if games had it so that you could program a combo and then play it back and see how it looks and then turn on the DDR QTE music bar to help you learn the timing of combos. Like what if you wanted to learn the one frame link of Rufus light kick into heavy punch? So you program in there, do light kick and then heavy punch. And whether it combos or not, the game doesn't care. It's just gonna play back what you want it to do, but then it plays it back and then it creates a little music bar and shows the little things and you can do great, perfect, you know, kind of things like that. I think that would actually be cool if you could program your own QTEs into the game so that you could actually learn it. Cause like I know in the training mode for Guilty Gear Strive, there's definitely this thing where you can record combos and send it to other people and basically give them trials and stuff. If those trials automatically came with a little bar and it showed which button to press on which line and the timing that you pushed it when you recorded it to give them the idea. I think that would actually be kind of sick. <laughs> I feel like there's been some game where there's been something approximating that, where it shows you the hit stun of the current situation that your opponent's in, and then you press the button before hit stun ends. Am I making that up? I mean, there's a lot of games out there that have that. Like I know BB, yeah. BB Tag has the, the the hit stun bar there uh, that shows you how long they've been hit. Some yeah. fighting games have that in their training mode. I think Undernight and yeah. Birth has it as well. Uh, but uh, I don't think they have it like in the actual gameplay. I can't remember now. 
Yeah, I don't think they're in the gameplay. I think that's in okay. practice mode. No, that was uh, that was what people thought it was, Keaton, in Street Fighter Four with the life bar thing. But that was just an effect, and it was the same time every timing. It was the same timing every time. It actually turned out to be a false thing, so... Well, okay. Anything else to say yeah, on this one? Yeah, actually, uh, Tekken's practice mode uses the Mokujin sounds, the tuk, 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 you know, to give you the timing. Even when they play back the moves, you can actually, like, if you do a multi-throw, they'll go tuk, 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 to show to tell you the timing that they're pressing the buttons and stuff huh. like that. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely, uh, there's ways to use it in practice that would be really cool. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we talked about the QTs and the fatal blow. NRS <laughs> you, you think it sucks, yeah. Foxy? You don't like it? <laughs> do you mash or do you actually know the timings? Dude, when MK11 was not even new, it had been out for many months, Sonic Fox put out a tweet that was like, did you guys know that there's the whole shields and skulls mechanic uh, in this game? We're like, yes, of course we knew that. <laughs> it was in the last game too. And yeah, anyway, it was news. <laughs> Uh, uh, Alright, anything else to say about this question? That's right, yeah, Foxy's execution is not not fantastic. No, I'm good, we can move on. Damn, you're gonna call him out like that? <laughs> I don't need to, I'm sure Foxy's saying it in the chat right now. No, I mean, whenever I played MK11, I would try to time it. I just didn't have anything memorized, so half the time I would be guessing on the animation. <laughs> All right, uh, community All right. news. There's a little bit of other stuff. You were just talking to me about, well, I'm going to do this one first because it was a good transition, okay. about wanting to be able to program uh, what you want to see in fighting game training modes. Mm -hmm. Well, what if I told you that kind of thing is being developed with... I'm going with Eddie input in <laughs> how this is pronounced. I probably should have asked. Novel's in the chat I saw it earlier. Uh, so this is a a way to, on PC fighting games, to have, um, to set the second player side to do mechanically difficult stuff. To basically have, outside of the game, right? You're This is a program outside of the game. You're setting the computer to do combos, to do setups that you want to test, and what it does then is it literally just plays it through the two-player side's controls. And in training it, mode... Is it just like an input programmer, essentially? It's an input program. That's okay. my understanding of it. I, again, I'm pretty sure he's in the chat, so let us know if this is okay. wrong. Um, wait. They say it's Ed Input? Well, okay. we'll go with Ed Input. Ed now. Input. There you go. Okay. So you can you can do you can make fancy TAS only combos with it, right? You can, there's any number of different uses right. with this, and it's useful for any game that's on the PC. That's the only requirement for it. It's interesting. Very very I mean, cool idea. We had something like this for Mame a long time ago. That's how Madge made a lot of those tool assisted combo videos. You know, we would actually just type in the combo, like pause for this many frames, do this, do that. You know. Yeah yeah so, yeah. But I think. I mean, I think it's easier to set up than that. And you okay. can also transfer your recordings with other people. So right. you can like share combos, you can share mm. setups, stuff like that. You can basically share tech. You can make it easy for people to figure things out. So there's so, a lot of like 
teaching utility in it. I, I mean, Novo Tataki says it's a record mode that you don't have to do manually. You can mix options for games without recording slots, set percentages for each options right. and such. I mean, what do you mean by you don't have to do it manually? You just mean you can type in, type it in and not actually have to perform it on the joystick yourself, right? So, okay. Uh, what was Execution Master Desk using? His hands. That's what yeah, he was come using. On. Yep. Yeah, you, so, so Nar was talking about situations in which you just, you have a script that somebody else has already created. Right. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. somebody is making it. Right. And then you can use it yourself. Or you can just use it yourself. Yep. I mean, you can just uh, make it yourself if you'd like to. Okay. So there's, I think there's a lot of creativity in this, a lot of potential for being really useful for people to help them learn situations. You know, games are getting better in training modes, but they're still not perfect. And there's a lot of stuff that I think we'd all like to try out in recordings or in, in dummies or whatever that would be great to have yeah, easier Nova, ways to make it work. And this sounds like one. Nova Tataki, feel free to... Oh, he can also use beep sounds to learn things. And we were just talking about that, right? So right. The, the QTE stuff. But Nova, if you can post a link in the chat on where people can check this out. Uh, oh, well, I was about to just do that myself, James. Oh, well, never mind. Okay. But I guess, you know, you might as well. Might as well do it. I'll, I'll definitely put it in the YouTube version of this okay. as well. So here's a trailer. I don't know what he's about to put in here, but there's a trailer that you can check out, which is what I was just about to post. Do you want me to post it? Do you want me to play it here? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this really quick. Ah, here we go. Paste. And then you can actually get the thing on GitHub, and the link to that is in the YouTube video. Right. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to full screen it. I'm going to add the source, screen capture, there we go. Here is the video. We can check out Ed Input. There we go. So it can do a wake-up reversal? That's sick, right? That's crazy. I'm just trying to figure out how you can make it program it to do reversals. That is so hard to do, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so you can test these defensive situations, right? Right. So cool. Juice kicks. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Very cool. Yeah, I really want to know 
what the tech is for allowing it to do reversal windows in games. Let me see if he says that anywhere in here. Uh, wake up reversal should be a trainer by D. Like, how did you get that in there? Because obviously that means the game has to know the state of the characters or something like that. Like, how do you, how do you program them to do reversals at the right timing in overall? I'm just really curious because as a programmer, that's tough, I think. Baker Bros is done by brute force. Oh, so you just like program, wait, wait, dippy, 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 kind of like that. <laughs> right, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So, okay. That's cool. Oh, man. Anyway, very, very interesting idea. I like this a lot. Yeah. I downloaded yeah. it myself. I haven't installed it yet, but I'm, I'm absolutely going to try it out. I think it's a really cool idea. Okay. I think for, for me, the thing that I'm very curious to test out is I would really like to be able to make more complex Honda hand training mode situations because his, hmm. his hands pressure is so contingent on like exact spacings and which characters I'm up against and right. meter and all sorts of different stuff. And it's just too complicated for a Street Fighter V's normal training mode. And I've always thought it'd be cool to be able to make a more complex right. set of like decisions that I could train myself against, but I just couldn't do it. So I'm definitely going to try this out. Okay. Okay. Sounds cool to me. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Coming up next uh, in this, and again, the, the, the link, the YouTube link has the download link in the description so you can check it out over there. But uh, next is, uh, is about Team Liquid here. Team Liquid! hasn't explicitly said but the effect is that they have pulled out of the fighting game community yeah they had nemo they had john takayuchi and they had gen so street fighter and tekken uh they still have smash but mm -hmm. they had those three and they've each been let go over the past like weekish yeah i mean there was uh, actually got let go. there was actually an official team liquid video i don't know if you saw it where they were talking about it and he was I basically, guess I we love the fighting game community, but we have to do what's best for the team, et cetera, et cetera. And oh. they announced... So, so they were explicit about leaving the FGC? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were explicit oh, about saying that, okay, unfortunately, okay. they have to drop Nemo, Takauchi, and Gen at the time. So they definitely said something to that degree, so... Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah I did miss that. Thanks. Yeah. Well... That is a bummer, but maybe not a big surprise. Look, the FGC is smaller. Liquid's really big. The FGC is not really big. And online play is maybe getting better or more important, at least for some games. But also still, like, not where it's at. Mm -hmm. And it's been a pandemic year, and whereas some other esports have been moving on, the FGC has been, like, okay about that, but it's been a tougher year, of course. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising to me if that were the reason that they just, you know, couldn't justify continuing to spend money on online only tournaments. The Capcom Pro Tour and Street Fighter is going to be only online. And, and that'll be true, as far as I know, even in the fall, when at least in the US, hopefully, we'll have a good situation by that time. In fact, that maybe even by the summertime is plausible, at least in this country. Other countries are in tougher situations, unfortunately. I mean, I hope demo. So it's going to be online, and and so there's not going to be like the kind of, you know, traveling to a physical event is of course, resource intensive. It costs money, but also like when you're there, you're you're on camera, right? You're the player mm -hmm. on camera, maybe, 
and you can if you make top eight like there's a whole show about it and and you know you're there you get to see the jersey that the person's wearing and these are all things that matter if the idea is to try to sell eyeballs against advertising on like shirts and stuff or whatever and that's just not really the way online playing works even if nemo even if john takeuchi gan etc made it to whatever finals they're not on camera right it's it's them playing in their boxers at home it's a pretty (laughs) different situation yeah i mean one of the tough things too right now too is that i mean nemo I mean, I still remember his tweets about, you know, okay, I'm quitting my job to do, right. you know, esports here. And he's been streaming a little bit more now. And, you know, it clearly says on a stream, unsponsored free agent, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So he's definitely, you know, trying to push for a new sponsor. But again, in this pandemic situation, like if it was like, you know, two years ago, like he's going to get snagged up real fast, you know, but right now with this pandemic, like you said, they're not on camera anymore. So it's hard. I mean, obviously you got to put, you know, they're going to put liquid Nemo on there and we'll, as commentators say, liquid Nemo, but you're not going to be on Jersey with the Intel logo on your Jersey yeah, exactly, you know, and yeah. all that stuff like that. So he streams all the time. I mean, he's got a good stream. He's got a lot of people watching and he does it regularly and he's fun to watch. Yeah. So it, he he seems like the kind of player that you would want to sponsor, but maybe not specifically for like an esports team that is geared towards more of an eyeball on competition kind of thing. There are there are teams sponsors, depending on how you want to view it, that are more focused on content. Liquid does do content, but you know if if that's not what they conceive of how they want to be in the FGC as, then. You know, then they're out, I guess. Right. Hmm. Definitely a bummer for those players. I yeah. hope that that gets... I mean, we're obviously talking about... I hope now. the whole world obviously gets better first, right? right. But it, yeah, uh, eventually, exactly. I hope that the FGC gets a little bit better. I, I, so I, I'm not I'm not worried in the sense that I think that this is like a long-term problem. I definitely think that it's related to the fact that there's a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see in the future. Yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a similar but kind of well, of course, a little bit different story. So the Golden Guardians, major esports team in the Bay Area in California, and they have League of Legends and other stuff. Um, a lot of capital involved. Some very famous people are involved, and they got a bunch of dough, and they're getting into the Super Smash Brothers team. Okay. So they have picked up Toph who is a commentator and streamer, but also, by the way, a really good player as well, and PPMD and none. Oh, and interesting, okay. So they got, got a little crew here, and they have actually created a new YouTube channel for them to be uploading stuff to called GG Melee. So they're intending this not just to be about competition, but mm. content for sure. And it goes beyond that as well, because they're also giving out $50,000 to grassroots tournament organizers in the US to, quote, help support the foundational layer of SSBM that we know is so important. Huh. This is great, dude. I thought I was so happy to hear about this. Not just because, you know, I like I like these guys. Tof's a great guy. I don't know the others personally, but uh, I'm sure they're cool. So I'm happy for them. But also, I just think it's very, very cool that this big old fancy esports team is like, yeah, let's help support the foundational layer of SSPM mm-hmm. that we know is so important. Very I cool. mean, yeah, Good I mean, work. so Golden Guardians is a big, well-established team then? 
Correct. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm actually unfamiliar with that team. So, okay, that's really cool. Glad to hear it then. Good job to everybody involved. Okay. All right. What else? What we else do we got here? Gundam. Oh, yeah. Just a little brief bit here. PlayStation is actually doing an open series for Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus Maxi Boost on. Okay. So check that out if you're somebody who is interested in playing Gundam. PlayStation itself is actually doing tournaments for it. I mean, they've been doing those open series. I mean, I just did. I just helped commentate the Soul Calibur one just like yeah, last man. week. They they're doing BB Tag, Undernight and Birth, Mortal Kombat. I mean, it totally makes sense that they were interested in purchasing Evo, you know, because they've been really trying to get into all this tournament stuff. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's really interesting to see where they go with this. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, the folks who own the Warriors are also part owners of the Golden Guardians, uh, and okay. they have okay. they have. Uh, I don't know if it's headquarters, but I know that I know that the the. One of the pictures that Toph put up was of him outside of where the Warriors right. play. Or did they move? I don't know what's happening in sports at all these days. But <laughs> where the where the Warriors used to play in Oakland, at least. I don't know if that's okay. changed in the meantime. Right. When I lived in the Bay Area. <laughs> 10 years. Oh, God. 15 years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm melting down. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, next one is, uh, what is this? It's about practice, I think it is. <laughs> This is a documentary. The Not a Game documentary is available oh, on Netflix. Not a game. So, not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Okay. We're talking about documentary. Okay. Talks about esports and gaming's issues essentially. And I watched a bit of it, maybe about half of it, on my lunch break today. And it, yeah, it's just kind of like a set of stories, little vignettes from people who have interesting backgrounds in gaming or or for whom games like served a really important purpose in their lives or you know their their competitors here's a little bit about their backstory yada yada it's cool it's cool and what is the reason i'm bringing it up here is that one of the people they profile is gur mm. gur the mortal Kombat 11 player previously okay. injustice player nrs player in general super good player but also really great guy and like everybody in the scene thinks he's like a big, you know, cutie. I mean, he's he's so nice. He's so he's so genuine. <laughs> Every time you talk to him, he's a very genuine guy. Uh-huh. Um, I was like hanging out with him. And so it it talks a little bit about his backstory and how important gaming was to him in kind of like overcoming mental health issues for him and depression and how it the community aspect of it has been extremely important for him. And, you know, interviews his his dad and and it interviews Coach Steve about Gurr. So right. both of them are in here. Anyway, I really recommend that you check it out. And this is on uh, Netflix, it, right? Correct. It's just on Netflix. Yeah, you can you can watch it. Yeah. So you can definitely just check it very very quickly, and uh, just find it on Netflix right now. So there you go. Yeah, he's a he's a very nice and dude. When he wears his heart so much on his sleeve. When he wins or when he loses, like nobody will let you, nobody nobody will be more transparent about how that felt and and you know how he's feeling even without verbally telling you. You can see just looking Oof. at him like how it feels. He's, he's just, he's a... he he completely shatters if it's a big bad loss. He's if like... he wins, he he's the most like ebullient, you know, he's jumping <laughs> around kind of guy. Like it's 
it's awesome. He's such a great player. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Teresa from uh, Guilty Gear. Another mm. one of those players that, yeah, whenever you see him win or lose, it's just like, when he loses, you could just see his whole world shatter, dude. It's crazy. Oh, man. Okay. I love well, I, I love seeing players like that. I love seeing the players yeah. with that passion and that energy. And again, you know, as a person who goes through a lot of emotions myself, you know, I totally, I totally empathize with that and I promote it. I, I think it's a good thing to see, to be honest with you. I hear that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about tournament results. Sure. The biggest one, of course, was the We Play UFL Soul Caliber Six event. Yes. We talked a lot about the We Play event for Mortal Kombat 11. Forgot the combo. For Soul Calibur, they did it again. And the reason we didn't make it a whole big thing on its own is that it's kind of, it kind of is like just a continuation, but with a different game, obviously different right. people involved. Well, also the as, other as players and commentators. Is... But like, you know, the the event like was run the same. So we didn't think it was something that we should be rehashing each week. There's also another one that's coming for Tekken. But anyway, did, did you watch it? Right. Also, the other reason why is because I'm in the process of watching it. Uh, mm. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch the whole thing. I'm partway through day one. Uh, I want to watch day two. But again, I heard the matches are ridiculous. And I heard the top eight is like some of the best Soul Calibur Six action that there's been recently. And so I'm actually eagerly looking forward to catching this. And like I said, I, I'm sad that I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I'm really glad that Soul Calibur Six has gotten, you know, these chances and such, because the more I play the game, just the, the more I, 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 I fall in love with it. Like I just, I, I enjoy this game so damn much these days, mm -hmm. you know, it's literally my favorite fighting game right now and it's probably the fighting game I've played the most of late, so there you cool. go. Well, I watched it. I watched a lot of it and I thought it was great. I mean, just like the last time, amazing presentation, you know, the again, very the very same location, all right. the cool yeah. stuff we talked about last week for, for MK. Uh, the presentation was great. No doubt about it. And the matches were, were awesome. I mean, I'm... So I played a lot of Caliber 6 when it came out. I'm no expert at it and haven't played it in the last couple of years. So I'm even less of an expert at it now uh, than I was before. But it was still super, super fun to watch. Yes, the matches were really close in some cases. Really super close matches. Great to watch. Um, I One thing I did think was interesting just from a presentation perspective was that the we didn't talk about this much last time the heart rate monitor oh, was very yeah. interesting to watch for these matches can i tell you party wolf was anywhere between 50 and 160 bpm what <laughs> in the world how is that a doable thing i feel like that, there's that a flaw was i feel like there's over a flaw the in the system. It wasn't right, hooked yeah, up properly I, or something, man. Yeah, what's what's going on out there? I don't know. Yeah. Other people are in, you know, everybody's got an elevated heart rate, or most people do. Right. So we're seeing a lot of like 130s and stuff, like that makes, 140s here and there. But yeah, he was hanging out in like the 50s, the 60s. It was, <laughs> but, I mean, are what, you alive out there? Like, but, I this, mean, is, this is an elevated thing. Didn't they shut it know. off for the MK event? Because after a while they felt like it wasn't a good thing, like, you know, in case people had any sort of physical health problems or anything like that, they didn't... So, I don't know the reasoning, but uh -huh. it 
in both that one and in this one, it wasn't every match. And I don't know if that's because one of the players or not, like, didn't want to do it right. or what. I really have, I don't know. But, yeah, it wasn't every match this time either. Okay. But it was just, it was fun to watch from that, from that angle to see, again, you know, you, you kind of, like, know when a player is really feeling exasperated already. <laughs> you know, like, looking at them. <laughs> but, yeah, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. Especially because Party Wolf has a wild range. Here's the results. Oh, have you watched it? Do you know what's going to happen? Or am I, about I know who won. That's all I know. I don't know who's like in second and third and all that stuff. All right. Like well, that. first place, the winner of the whole thing was Woes yeah. with Setsuka and Taki. He went Taki at the end. And again, I, I'm no expert in this game. But people in the chat were talking about how Taki was really bad. And then they were like, wow, he's picking Taki. And then there were other people in the chat who were like, Oh yeah, you guys think Taki's bad, huh? Oh yeah, check this out. Check out yeah, what's about to happen no. right here. So that's that's that season one leftover inertia again. You know, okay. she came out and was really bad, and you know, Flo was one of the you know people who came out right away and was like, this character sucks, you know, basically. But uh, um, she's good now. She's good now, mm -hmm. and that's the okay. thing. Well. That game is extremely well balanced. Soul Calibur Six is like one of the most balanced fighting games with every character still being so wildly crazy and it's kind of nice so yeah it's definitely the anime 3d game yeah it's super cool so that's it for caliber yeah i definitely it was I, very cool it's very cool that they got some of the people like i, I really liked listening to kayane her she's you know she's done a lot of hosting kind of gigs right. in, in the last decade it's been a while that she's been doing this kind of stuff so she's great at that role. Yeah, she's and... got a regular show that she does, I think. So exactly, yeah, yeah she's actually a host. Yeah, kind of. So it's not. It's, she's got a lot of practice in it. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was very cool, and and uh, yeah, everybody involved was was knowledgeable and fun, and it was it was great. It was interesting. I, I I was surprised when I found out that the that the commentators were all remote. Right. I mean, at least on yeah, the, the actual live play by play commentary. Yeah. Yeah, but they were remote, weren't they? Like they actually weren't. Yeah, there, they were just right. Okay, okay. They were being VR'd in. Uh, yeah. Maybe not everybody, but at least two of them were. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay. That's how it was for the We Play Dragon Temple as well. Mm. Ketchup. I don't remember if it was also mustard, but they had at least a oh, couple people. Oh, was it? Was, did KP? He was a host that he was like doing the, the Kayane role then, basically, when he went out there for uh, the for Dragon me. Temple the first time, right? Got yeah. it. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. Oh, I see. They ended with in-person commentators. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there were two people who were there, and there were two people who were gotcha. from okay. home. Um, uh, oh, the tech and stuff we'll talk about in just a little bit, but before we get to that, just yeah. wanted to briefly say that there was also a Smash World Tour event in South America. Again, this is an ongoing thing where we're doing qualifiers right now. For this... Boy, I'm going to say Briov won it. T.E. Briov won it with Snake and Steve. Second place was Anality with Ken and Terry. And then third place was O.W. Frito with Mr. Game & Watch. I don't know anything about this game's tiers, but when I saw that the top three included Steve and Ken and Terry and Mr. Game & Watch, I was like, <laughs> this is actually super sick. I got to check this out. <laughs> I, maybe that's common. I have, I have absolutely right. no idea. Thank you, Colo Crips, for the uh, for the gift sub as well. Ooh, thank you very uh, much. Also, someone mentioned in the chat. I 
so I just added this over there. Bum just did a House of Chaos tournament this past weekend. And uh, he has like a thousand subs or something crazy like that. It's, I think he's got a lot more than a thousand subs. It's like 6,000 subs or something like that. I believe so. And so yeah. he did a major House of Chaos tournament that the prize was $10,000 like from his own money. So he was just like, here's $10,000. And so there you go. He did a, a DBFZ tournament. And apparently it was won by Hook Gang God. And a Dis Kill Sage was second and Nitro was third. So there you go. Uh, yeah, but shout outs to Bum, dude. I mean, that's so awesome to see him having so much success from that, dude. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, people in the chat saying that uh, it was super hype. And yeah, I mean, honestly, he's probably one of one of the main premier DBFZ streamers out there, you know? So a lot of the people oh, yeah. who are big fans of that uh, must have really enjoyed, uh, must, you know, that's probably why he has so many subs and everything like that, right? And that, and it's just hype tournaments all the time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Upcoming, oh. a couple of things. We just talked a lot about WePlay and they're going to be doing We Play UFL for Tekken mm -hmm. next week. Well, this week. Next weekend is when the actual matches are. But what is it? Um, they've been doing Thursday and Fridays are the group stages. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday is like, let's have a team tournament with your secondary characters or tertiary <laughs> right, even. Right. <laughs> and then the finals day is Sunday. And since it's group stage to get in, the top eight is not like top eight winners, four people, and then losers is another four people. It's everybody starts out in the winner's side right. in the top eight. So it ends up taking quite a bit longer, which is cool. Uh, it means a lot of great matches, right? So this has Arslan Ash, Awise Honey, Super Akuma, Asim Tekken, Jopalix, Bilal, Saint, JDCR, Fergus, Daniel, Madonia, Kuiper, Book, Gerlanda, uh, some of these I don't know. Kira Kira and Boris Sonic. Yeah, who they, I also don't look. Again, these and, are all really good players from all over the world now. Notably yeah. missing is anyone And then Adnanish. Yeah, and noticeably missing is any American player. There are no American players in there. And uh, they have come out and said that they asked all bunch of American players and pandemic and craziness yeah. and life. They couldn't, none of the Americans that they asked could make it. And so they, you know, said that they tried. I know some people tried to get on their case about it, but they definitely tried. So, And not just for Americans, but there were other players that they asked elsewhere as well, who some of them said so on Twitter that they just, you know, they had. Right. life situations going on or whatever it was they could mm -hmm. make that's how these things are yeah yeah you know, it's, it's a invitational yeah. by the way uh in terms of results another thing that I, I i probably should mention as well is was the salt mine league finished their season this past weekend as oh. well and so uh problem x came out on top they took it out over yeah. uh but i mean he took it over hurricane he has a big record against hurricane but hurricane sent problem x to losers but then hurricane just came back i mean then problem x just came back on the loser side and i think it was like i think the first set was pretty close but by the end it was pretty clear that it was all problem x at that point so 
Who's he playing that match now? Uh, he was using Abigail against Cammy. Mm, he was using Abigail okay. against Cammy, but he was definitely switching between Abigail and M Bison, two very different characters to handle the different matches that he was playing in. So, uh, but it was a really cool tournament. It was really hype. Good, good, great matches. So yeah, good stuff. I bet. Okay. For the We Play event, Tekken commentary, the analysts will be MYK and Rip. Commentators are going to be Kung Fu Kobe, Spaghetti Rip, Tasty Steve, and Markman. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> so again, that's going to start on Thursday. Also wanted to let you know that Royal Rivals is doing an event this weekend in celebration of International Transgender Day of Visibility, which is when they announced this. Um, they are running a charity tournament uh, to support the Okra Project, which is uh, dedicated to improving the lives of black trans folks. Mm -hmm. um, so please check that out. That is on April 10th, the tournament is, which is on Saturday. Okay. Registration's open. Um, follow them on Twitter at, at Royal Rivals. You can find out the info and on the YouTube. I'll have a link to that as well. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all I got for the news. What about mailbag? What about the mailbag? <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the mailbag. Sure. Let's... The mailbag is our etc. It's if you'd like to send us a topic and it doesn't really fit into a 5-5 matchup, which is fighting game related and typically a little bit more meaty for discussion... But you want to ask us anyway, then this is the way to do it. <laughs> so, on t on YouTube, Z H A F S A N Jafsan on YouTube, baseball bat versus knife, okay. two identical average dudes, not trained fighters, fighting to the death. I think this one is, has a good quality aluminum fault, bat, man. and one has a large, good quality and sharp hunting knife. The arenas also average size, not. Small or too big to give their to give either weapon an advantage. Who has the advantage? Who will win? James. This is Casmer's fault, man. Everything has become a person versus person <laughs> uh, thing here at this point. You know what I'm gonna do here? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do this. It's gonna still say it's a poll, uh, but I just want to pop it up on the screen so people can see the question in its entirety okay. over here. So baseball bat versus knife. There you go. Two identical. Who do you got? Average dudes fighting to the death. I say the knife guy has the advantage. I think the knife guy has the advantage just because if you decide to do a human tackle and just avoid any sort of technique and you just bum rush someone, if you're both rolling on the ground, a knife is a lot more scary than a baseball bat. It, it takes one time for the baseball bat guy to screw up and the knife guy murders him. That's the problem here. <laughs> right. I feel like for the most part, this would be baseball bat guy controlling a situation. But yeah, if knife guy rushes him and just happens to get just happens to spear him at the right time whatever it may be that's it yeah and that's again it. you know people are saying that the bat has more range but like i said these are two average identical people not trained in any sort of thing and yeah, so if exactly. i had a knife and i wanted to fight someone with a baseball bat like i said you just run straight at him 
he may hit you one time, you know, with the bat or something like that, but you just tackle him, you know, tuba wear style, and then you're up close, and then you just jab him in the side, and what is the baseball bat guy going to do to you at that point in time? So, <laughs> Look, I'm with you. I think, I think having a baseball bat in a trained situation, if these two people are very trained, they're experts with their weapons, maybe I like baseball bat guys. Yeah, same, same. Mm-hmm. Unless the knife guy's throwing his knife. I don't know. Anyway, it, assuming he's holding onto the knife. Um, <laughs> maybe I like baseball guy. Right. But since they're untrained people, I feel like it's totally possible for knife guy to rush at baseball bat guy and to just get domed. Like, right there. Like, right, that's yeah. Uh-huh. However, and that's, that's maybe likely if they're trained, if it's a trained baseball batter. But if it's instead just, like, some schmo... I don't know that they're going to be trained to do that. You're going to just happen to doink them at the exact moment that they dash in. I don't know if that's likely. And would you hit them hard enough that you would actually just KO them like that? You, have, you, to just, just, you have to just do it in one hit. Yeah. Right. So it seems it seems more likely to me that the one hit KO comes from knife. Yeah, the knife but. does all the damage and does all the work by itself, right? It's going to pierce the skin if it's sharp enough. You don't need to be trained to swing about. I'm just saying that if you're dashing in there, all you need is for that baseball bat guy to not have his wits entirely about him one time. There's and a, that's it, he dies. There's a lot of people who are on Team Bat here. I'm very I surprised. see that. There's a lot of Bat folks in here. <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a metal bat. It's That was the rule here, is that it is an aluminum bat. Right. Okay. Well, very... Uh... Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe Elslot says Bat Guy hits once and the Knife Guy will drop his knife. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. but I mean, you also stab Bat Guy, and Bat Guy drops the bat. <laughs> and that's it. Like you can you can get hit and not be immediately out of commission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You you're not gonna get stabbed and not be immediately out of commission. You could get scratched if the guy just screws up with a knife or whatever. But it's if it's a large, sharp hunting knife, like it's just less likely that it's gonna be like, oops, a scratch, and not a like, disemboweling. Dang, so. everybody is on team. Bat. You guys are all on team Bat, huh? Is there nobody who's on Team Knife here? Jeez, like... I gotta tell you guys, I don't have a lot of experience in Metal knife, metal Bat versus Hunting Knife. <laughs> it's not a situation I've found myself in, but this is how I think it would go. I yeah, mean, it was yeah, a large hunting knife. If we're talking about, like, a silverware knife, yeah, bat guy wins for free, but I'm assuming that this is like an actual like combat knife, right? <laughs> it says a large, good quality and sharp hunting knife. That's the There question. you go. Okay, okay. Deadliest warrior, yeah, what a show that was. Are people saying this is a bat matchup? Okay, I like that. To Hollow wins, okay. Alright, next question, next question. Okay, let's go <laughs> on to the true. next one. That's true. That's Cody V-Trigger 1, V-Trigger 2 question, man. That's right. That's yeah, funny. yeah. All right, let's 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 save let's save this one for last. So oh we're going to jump down to the one after that. Phil Rufio asks, the opponent has taken your color. Do you pick your second favorite color or the default color? What do you do? I mean, that's a weird question. Of course it would be the second favorite color, right? I mean... Maybe you have one color that you pick, and if not, then you just avoid picking a color entirely yeah i I can't get my way fine i'm not even gonna do color picking (laughs) i mean if i didn't have a second favorite color maybe 
but a lot of the times, especially with games where you can kind of see the color, I would definitely go look for uh, like a, a second color that I liked. So, I don't know. Like for me, color is very important. And so if someone takes my color, I still have to take a second. Like if somebody takes purple Ken, I will go find my second favorite Ken, which might be, I mean, it's kind of the default, the, the light one. I like silver Ken, uh, but that's the jab one. It replaced the default red one because you don't have red yeah. in Super Turbo anymore, but I yeah. probably would have picked it even if it was on another color, so. I think purple is the only good option there, IMO. Yeah, purple But Ken some characters, he's the best. But some characters have a lot of cool colors. Mm -hmm. Some characters, like, most colors are cool. So in those cases, yeah, I definitely have backups that I pick, mm -hmm. for sure. Like, if you picked my favorite medium kick color for Cami, then I would probably pick heavy kick magnet Cami, yes. the, the dark gray. Brown, Brownhouse is my pick. That's my first pick for her as well. Yeah, no, that one's really good. Magnet Cami is, is cool. super good, yeah. Anyway, that's the solution there. I then... did have that situation on stream with Lucia, but I was first player, so I got the color. Ooh. Ah! Wow. Ha! Ha! Well, I've never been in a situation where somebody else has picked horrible Kappa outfit Honda. First of all, playing against another Honda, very rare. Second of all, playing against another Honda who picks Kappa outfit, very rare. Third of all, I've never been in a situation where somebody else has picked Kappa outfit Honda red version. I've never even seen that on like other people's replays. Like I've never come across somebody else using that color. <laughs> I think it's. I think I'm the only person on earth who plays that color. That's what I'm going with here. Um, so no concern for me on that front. Okay. And in Mortal Kombat, I create my own outfits. So take that, everybody else. Here's where we're getting to next. Let's get to the Casmer question. Yeah. So there's the other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Makes more sense. That's important. Who would win a local election? Can you put this one up? Sure. Who would win a local election? <sighs> Mario. But he posted a really offensive joke on Twitter last week, claiming he was stressed out oh, and got hacked. Or Luigi. But just after paying an undisclosed out-of-court settlement for when he hit a pedestrian with his go-kart two months ago, who would win <laughs> the local election? Oh. All right, let me put this up for people here. There we go. Who would win a local election? Mario, but he posted a really offensive joke on Twitter last week, claiming he was stressed out and got hacked. Or Luigi, but just after paying an undisclosed amount of out-of-court settlement for when he hit a pedestrian with his go-kart two months ago. This is more like the Casmer question that I was hoping for. So... Go check out EX Casmer on Twitter, who has all sorts of idiocy like this. For example, just tonight, SNK put out a silhouette of the next character. Have you seen that yet, James? It not happened yet. while we were doing this show. I have show. not. Okay, well, it's extremely obvious who it is. Okay. It's extremely obvious that it's Mai. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so Casmer says, whoa, Bayonetta. So that's the kind of genius that we're dealing with here. He's a real smart fella. That that was that considered genius or genius from Casmer. Here's the answer. Here's the answer to this question. It's a local election. It's Mario. 
It's absolutely Mario. Here's here's the big issue. Here's the big problem for Luigi, is that he is starting so far behind in popularity. Luigi has fans. I don't want to say he doesn't, but Mario is absolutely the more popular of the two, and so he definitely started off maybe like a 60% to 30% popularity difference there. I mean, he he was way ahead. 10% didn't know what they were doing, but 60% were, were going for Mario. So he's starting from ahead. And if, in politics, one side starts ahead of the other, and then both of them have negative news, they both get whittled down, and the person who started out ahead in the first place usually wins. Unless it's like, way worse news. It's way worse news, maybe a different situation. But this is, these are both pretty gnarly. However, one of them is an offensive joke, and the other one is maybe Luigi murdered somebody a couple months ago. <laughs> it's like a little bit different on that end. So I think that Mario started out ahead and that his thing isn't as bad, and he is the winner of the dog catcher race in the local election. Dog catcher race. <laughs> That's, they're running for dog catcher. That's actually a position that people run for in many cities. Okay. It's I actually an elected say, position for no reason. Yes. Luigi wins this one. Clearly. Because one, Luigi is just better in every single way because Mario is useless. Luigi, didn't you play Mario too? Nobody used Mario. Luigi was MVP of that game, right? Okay. Number one. Number two, once the cell phone footage is released and when they see Luigi hitting the guy and he drives by them and gives them the death stare, it becomes such a popular meme that he just wins because it's so damn funny watching the Luigi death stare and it'll skyrocket to popularity. Like, there you go. Luigi is the winner. I know you're a big Luigi fan, but fact, most people think that Mario is better than Luigi. Fact. Can you grant that fact? That's a fact. Only foolish people. Yes, and that okay. means... Well, and for sure the world is full of fools. So there you go. Okay. You well, know. regardless, even as stupid as somebody may be, they're a voter, and that's how it should be. Democracy is that way, and that's what we trust in. And as a result, Mario definitely starts out way ahead. How many so times has Luigi saved Mario? He saved him when Mario was missing and he needed to study geography. What have you done for me lately, James? He That's what also politics rescued about. What have you done for me lately? In the mansion? Mario's never rescued Luigi, right? Luigi's oh, always sure. rescued Mario. In 1800 or whenever it is that Luigi's mansion came out, <laughs> Luigi did something good. What have you done for me lately? Luigi's mansion. Mansion, come on. He's been, there's been like four Luigi's Mansion game games. Luigi clearly the best, and he jumps higher too. He so does all jump Luigi higher. would have to do is can you look, can you trust a man him, who can't even have his own gravity? Can you try? Can you truly trust somebody who plays such silly tricks with the very concept of gravity itself? All you'd have to do is put a cat in a tall tree and be like. Mario, get the cat! And then Mario would go, Oh, I can't have the reach! And then Luigi would go, Boom, And he would grab the cat out of the tree. Boom! Instant popularity! That's it! It's the end! Well, congratulations to Mario on being a true leader and getting his underling and secondary, <laughs> Luigi, to do his work no, for him. It's time Whereas to Mario reward... was there, the smart man, just letting his 
bum sidekick Luigi handled it. It is time True for leadership. the person who does the actual work to take it. And don't, also, don't forget, Luigi could also bring up Mario's shady history of capturing Donkey Kong and putting him into a cage. And, you know, then Donkey Kong Jr. had it. Mario has been a villain in a video game. Luigi has not. What Luigi do you say to that, also bud? There, though. Luigi was there, too. He just was wearing red overalls. In no, fact, was... there were multiple Marios. That can't exist. <laughs> so one of them was Luigi. That was just a sorry, Mar buddy. That, that was a Mario clone. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Luigi was in engaged in that as well. And Luigi has killed just as many Koopas. You don't think he's responsible for all these Goomba deaths out there? Of course he is. Of course he is. These are two murderers we're talking about. So one of them starts out as being more popular. The other one is less popular. The thing that Mario did is not as bad than actually murdering somebody, which Luigi did again. Mario wins this election. He's the new dog catcher in the local election. Disagree. I still think it's all Luigi because Luigi is just better. Fact. That's it. That's the end of the argument right there. Luigi. Thanks to DJ Blues for the 100 bits. <laughs> Here's our final mailbag question of the night from Zachary. <laughs> Would you rather do a whole show where you have to answer 150 ex casmer questions <laughs> or would you rather have casmer on for a regular show which one would you rather have james is that his alternate account that has to be his alternate account it has to be casmer's alternate account right that is exactly what i thought i think this is casmer for sure yeah casmer uh... answering or asking his own question about himself would you rather though regardless of the source of the question answer 150 Casmer questions or would you rather have him on for a regular show? I, I would rather answer 150 Casmer questions. I think because that would probably be weirdly entertaining and if I wanted to stop I could just say whatever. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just half-ass it. Whereas if he's on the show a little bit harder to just half-ass and get him away. However, I will and, tell you. And, and not only that, but he would ask those questions while he's on the show anyway. Yeah, having him, I was going to say, having him on the show means answering 150 EX <laughs> questions <laughs> during the show. <laughs> those are actually the same. <laughs> Except one of them means he's actually staring at you <laughs> and posing the questions himself. Uh... And then trying Same to make sure thing. we interpret it the correct way, too. So Yeah, absolutely right. The truth is that we've had Casmer on the show. He's yeah. been on the show as a guest in person when we were actually doing these things in real life back in the day. Yeah, when he said that uh, Howard the Duck was going to be in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think it was. So. so he had a whole... That was Marvel Infinite, I think. No, it was 3, wasn't it? No, it wasn't in 2011 that we were having that conversation for sure. Okay, okay. It must have been for Infinite. Okay. But here's the situation, right? So he came up with an entire list of who he thinks is going to be in Marvel Infinite. One of them was Howard the Duck, yes. He had other equally bizarre people who were going to be in the video game. And he must have asked a dozen times <laughs> to be on the show, to come onto the show and explain why it is that each one of these is actually going to be in the game. Howard the Duck, he had all these reasons, and he really wanted to be on the show to talk about it. 
but we did have him on the show and I can't believe that it wasn't happened. i don't remember what we talked about now but it was definitely something hilarious i don't know it was years ago at this point but in conclusion he's been on the show in the past so i finally dun, started dun, playing dun. street fighter 5 again finally going into the new season playing on the pc it's definitely a different experience <laughs> Wait, before before we get to that, can we just have a concluding, I would have Casmer on the show, and you would have 150 questions? Oh, so you said you would have Casmer on the show? I actually would have Casmer on the show. Even though we would answer 150 Casmer questions anyway? Yes. Okay. It'd be funnier. <laughs> All you can give it is the head nod. Not even verbalizing an assent there. <laughs> Can't even verbalize it. All right, so you've been playing Street Fighter Five lately. Yeah, so I finally, I, I had to smurf because I'm playing on the PC on a monitor without the two frames of lag and trying to approach Lucia in a completely different fashion now because I've cool. realized now that I feel like I've been playing her almost exactly opposite of how she should be played. Uh, I've never played a fireball character before, so I'm bad at fireballs, and I ne so I just didn't try playing her that way so I made it to super gold in one day on two giant streaks I only lost one game uh, it's actually kind of impressive that that the way they have it now is that if you get a win streak you start building up stupidly massive large amounts of points because they're just trying to get you out of that rank so that's actually really smart so obviously there's it's nothing to brag about having two big win streaks because I was just going through rookie bronze and, and, and silver and stuff like that. But I mean, it definitely feels a little bit better and uh, I would be super happy to, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and hopefully I can carry this a little further and, and see if my new style of Lucia play actually works out once I start getting into platinum and stuff like that, so. Awesome, man. I'm really excited yeah, to up. figure. I mean, it's really interesting too because you know it's 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 one of those things that highlights fighting games. I just been playing her at the wrong range this entire time, and I need to play. Mm. I needed to play at a further range and actually use her fireballs. You know. Um, okay. I was just trying to play her like a budget cami, and because that's basically what she mm. really is. If you try to play that game, she's a terrible version of that character. She can't win in that range. So there you go. Cool, man. I hope that works out. Mm -hmm. I have not played fighting games in about a month, but what? I did. Uh, yeah, I've just been super busy. And all the time that I've had that's been free has actually gone to making my 3D printer work because right. it's not working. It's, dude, <laughs> I just got another thing that broke. The little belt on it on one of the motors oh. that like helps you know the thing move left and right, uh, that broke. I mean, is this... And... Are these... Are these standard problems with 3D printers? So I definitely bought a cheaper one with the intention of upgrading it. And I did get some of those upgrades, but I didn't okay. think that I needed a belt upgrade because I didn't read that that was like a common issue, but mm -hmm. it did snap for me. So I just, I'm, <sighs> I'm talking with the seller about just sending me a new one rather than, I mean, a new belt, not a whole new right. And what did you need programming for on the 3D printer? Oh, for compiling the um, BIOS that it's running on. <laughs> That's right, Whoa. James. Okay. That's, That's right. So I know weird. how to do that now. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay. And I did. I did some real like 
electrical engineering type stuff in mm -hmm. trying to diagnose what the issues were with this baby a little bit earlier. And I did figure them out. I got it all figured out. And then I did, this is true, I did exactly one print. This guy, I was going to print a new little thing that went on the printer to help, uh, it's called a BL Touch, to, to help it uh, figure out exactly where it is in like Z space. Okay. And as that was happening, the belt snapped. So I got about half of the way through this guy and oh, now it's no. useless. So anyway, hope it's, hopefully at some point I'll have a functioning 3D printer. That oh, yeah, will happen that's right. eventually. Canadian Ed mentioned this. There was also the Kachitagari uh, 24 or 20 hour stream where Fudo Bonchan and Moke were trying to get three 11 game win streaks with 11. And uh, in the span of that time, and they got to two of them, and they were about to finish the third at the 10th game, and they ran into and lost to Momochi, who sniped them, and after he won, popped off and was like so happy he killed their streak. So they failed to get the three 11-game win streaks because Momochi trolled them. Nice work. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be using the 3D printer to make new new designs. Um, but I did want to shout out Layer Shift, who sent me um, this guy, the Loki attachment. Oh yeah. Listen yeah, yeah. to this baby. Mm -mm. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's real nice sounding. So this is basically just it. It goes into the little hole of a joystick. Or you take out the joystick, which was here previously. Little Sanway in here in the in the drone, combo mm -hmm. drone, and this installs in here very nicely. It's basically a hitbox attachment, and then there's also the Odin, which is this same oh. idea, right? Oh. So here's the little. Let me show you how this works. So you stick this end of it in there, okay? Right, you can see the little shaft right. here, and it goes in there. You have these babies to just attach it on just by pressure underneath right under under the panel mm -hmm. and then you have this and you're just kind of playing a mix box style right it's the wasd format right wasd so, yeah, yeah yeah okay so you, there's there's ways to do both the uh mix box or hitbox style um and there are different switches in them as well so you can try different different styles on okay. that front I'm I'm really planning to do a review on this but like I said I haven't actually played fighting games in about a month so mm -hmm. I haven't actually gone to test these out quite yet but I I really like the idea the idea is super sick right okay cool cool well good luck with the 3d printer stuff I mean it's kind of a bummer but I mean I'll figure it out it's yeah it's not that big of a deal it's like getting any new technology and trying to learn how it works no uh, I mean I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely at like level one when it comes to anything electrical engineering or <laughs> certainly programming not even level one basically but it is cool to to learn like the absolute basics of something you know i'd like to know more but it is it's nice to just to be able to have a problem and then be like oh i have to learn something to have the solution and then you learn the thing and now you have a solution and then there's a new problem i i just i like that okay. kind of okay. experience so for me this is it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of work and it's been exasperating but also really fun okay okay and at some point this will work Anyway, right. check out the Odin and the Loki. They're very cool. Okay, I guess put a link in the in the in the description for 
Yes, I will. Again, I'm planning to do an actual review. I just I'm trying to wait until I have oh, right. played okay, with them okay, to okay. give an actual like set of gotcha, informed gotcha. thoughts, which I don't really have yet. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add, or are we done for the day? I'm good. Let's skedaddle. Ooh, that's very quiet. Nobody can. I didn't realize it's 8:45 at night. How did I? Wow. Yeah, we went for quite it's, some time there, so... We sure did. It's only about an hour until my bedtime, James. Jesus. I just woke <laughs> up, right? For the for the Capcom <laughs> thing. Not, not exactly. I'll be asleep by 10.30, though. 